Hello, Tome Show listeners. This is your stalwart senior editor, Sam Dillon, and I am here to introduce for you a very special set of recordings, the World Tree Burns podcast. Yes, it is the official recording of the World Tree Burns game, hosted by GM Dan Dillon, friend of the Tome Show. And this recording is presented to you in conjunction with Cobalt Press, of course, and also with Encounter Roleplay. This is... This is the time... Well, then this is us. This is us? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Encounter Roleplay. My name is Will. I'm a D&D sex icon and the world's greatest roleplayer. I'm here today for yet another game. <laughs> no, you don't get both, tree. dude. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes, my friends. Yes, I am. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't give out these titles. I just receive them. Uh, but I'm here today for uh, another fun episode of the World Tree Burns. God, what episode is this? Like 10, 11? Goodness. We're 12, sir. Episode 12. Let's get into it, my friends, because it's been like two or three weeks since we've played. So let's get into this episode. Let's go around a cast and crew and remind ourselves of who we are and who we're playing. We have our illustrious Dungeon Master, Dan Dillon, with us tonight. Dan, how's it going, my friend? Greeting everyone. Uh, I am doing fantastic. Uh, I've been missing you guys. I've been missing this game. I'm super excited to be back. It's been like three weeks since we played, and I can't wait to get into it. So uh, I will be your dungeon master for this evening. We'll be diving into the world of Midgard from Cobalt Press. Uh, We are currently based in this free city of Zobek, the city of Gears, and uh, we're going to see what shenanigans are happening in the Cartways Black Market tonight. Absolutely fantastic. We also have Lorelani with us tonight. Tia, how's it going? I is great, and I've been having the best week ever, and I am super excited to be here and playing Kari, uh, my level three cleric of the cat domain, who is a shadow fae. It has actually been like a full month since I've been on the show, because I believe I missed the week that we actually played, and I have been dying to play this game. You don't have your creature codex. Got it. It is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> There it is. Oh, there, there it is. is. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. We also have McLoken back of us tonight. How's it going, my friend? Can you ask a question? Who are we? And I, I really want to delve deep into that. So for the rest of the show, let's talk about philosophy. Um, hi, I'm joking. Let's not talk about philosophy because we're going to get nowhere. Um, so, uh, <laughs> hi, everyone. I'm McLoken. Uh, today, I'll be playing the half-orc cloak who talks like this and I'm super excited. Um, which is not true. I'm playing Cloak, and I'm excited to play him. Uh, and he's a Niheim gnome, uh, d- the exact opposite of a half orc that does not exist in Midgard. Uh, and uh, and we go from there. But I uh, I'm trying to remember where we left off. It's only been two weeks, but uh, you know what? I'm uh, I'm refreshed and ready to go, and I'm ready to you know sacrifice people. Yeah, sure. that's the natural thing to do when you haven't, <laughs> haven't been at it for two weeks. Got to sacrifice some people to as get back into does. Dungeons and Dragons, as one does. Uh, we have Tool School back of us tonight. School, how's it going, my friend? I am doing great. Like I'm like everyone else. I'm so excited to get back into Midgard. I love Midgard. I've got my creature codex. I've been looking at fun things uh, for my own campaigns, and also knowing that our good buddy Dan is probably going to be throwing some of these things at me. I'm a little bit terrified, but in a good way. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, no, so I am playing Glass, who is our uh, Geomancer. He is in fact a Trollkin, which does exist in this world because there are not half-orcs. And uh, he just got finished playing a wonderful night of, of all kinds of games at the, uh, at the brothel with uh, his new friend, Valia, who is a courtesan who plays all the games. 
Well, he has had a quite a quite fulfilling evening uh, of of gaming with uh, with his new friend. He did pay Somebody. for the most skilled companion. I did. <laughs> oh. oh boy! Well, oh. Uh, last but not least, we have Josh with us tonight. Josh, how's it going? It's going good. Something occurs to me. If he paid for the most skilled companion, she's the most skilled, the greatest player. Is it just Will and Dread? Just saying. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's that's going to require <laughs> deeper investigation. I'm not. I do. I've. I do not volunteer. <laughs> I put. I put Squall forward as tribute. Um, speaking of uh, putting other people first, uh, my name is Josh, and I. Will be being Kane, who likes to let everyone else do the talking uh, and the interacting, and the just he just sort of is following the party. He's a a dampier ranger who has uh, very little, very few good things to say about the rest of his fellow travelers. Um, he's an old friend of Reardon's um, and is in constant competition with Carrie, who considers herself a, a hunter. But uh, she's losing terribly in this competition, so um, I'm looking forward to putting another notch. You killed two people in this campaign. In this whole campaign. Oh, anyway, that's me. Let's... Yeah, that's true. Oh, boy. Shots have been fired, my friends. Uh, as myself, I'll be playing Rio Dan, a Dampier cleric, uh, whose uh, sole purpose is to, uh, to have fun. And to enjoy himself, and he's certainly having a good time uh, thus far with his friends. Uh, certainly, last night was a fun uh, interaction for him, watching uh, Glass get involved uh, in the fuckhouse. Uh, so he's looking forward to uh, to what else may happen with this team. But Dan, uh, before I hand over to you, and before we uh, remind ourselves of what happened last time on the show. I'll quickly remind you guys that, of course, we're sponsored here today by Kobold Press. Uh, check out Kobold Press, our Creature Codex. Got to check it out. And, of course, all of the Midgard materials that we are using and playing here. Go to koboldpress.com to check those guys out. And keep an eye out for a bunch of videos that are coming out this week on Encounter Roleplay's YouTube channel uh, with interviews with many of the Kobold Press folks, including our very own Dan Dillon. Um, and of course, fantasygrounds.com is our virtual tabletop of choice that we'll be using today. Uh, you can check out their demo licenses for free. WaylandGames.co.uk is a go-to destination for uh, role-playing games, tabletop games, war games, board games. Check them out for up to 20% off the retail value. And last but not least, tabletoploot.com are sponsoring the show. Every show we give away a set of dice. At the end of tonight's show, we'll be giving away two sets of tabletop loot dice. So stick around and be in chats to be eligible to win. Uh, and of course, you can interact with today's show by tweeting, subscribing, and of course, donating to give players Nat 1s, Nat 20s, Wild Magic Surges, and Leroy Jenkins. But I will hand back to Dan to remind us of what's been going on the past couple of uh, weeks on the show. All right. Uh, so I believe where we left off, it's been a little while, so let's dredge back into the, uh, into the mists of history, uh, is that uh, various... Um, let's see, the party had kind of split up throughout Zobek uh, and had various um, uh, different tasks to take care of since returning from the Lost Halls of Everforge in the depths of the Margrave Forest. I believe you had uh, commissioned the smith, the dwarven smith Paula Everforge, to uh, manage a few custom pieces for you. She completed Riodan's armor finally so he can wear his plate without any sort of detriment. Uh, and she did so free of charge for the low, low price of saving her life from a dragon. 
Uh, she mm -hmm. also took one of that flame dragon's scales and forged it along with the two great canine teeth of uh, our dearly departed uh, fluff and stuff, the bear, uh, and fashioned those into a new mask, uh, evoking sort of a, a draconic visage for our Nimheim gnome cloak. He now wears that dragon scale and bear tooth mask which is just all kinds of badass. Uh, then we had some shenaniganry at the Wheat Chief Tavern, which is one of the seedier locations in all of Midgard. If you need a smuggler or you want to hire some muscle, uh, cheap, not maybe not necessarily the most competent, but probably the cheapest muscle, uh, you go to the Wheat Chief. Uh, and I believe our Dampier spent a lot of time doing a little bit of a honeypot trap where... <laughs> <laughs> they were uh, using their vampiric charms to uh, gather the attentions of whoever was there and then starting fights with them, because what else would you do in such a place? <laughs> Kane re, uh, reminding everyone of his reputation and why they don't want any, want any uh, trouble with him. Uh, Kari was absent from our, uh, from our on-camera hijinks because she was seeking out Winter's Kiss, which is the embassy of the, the Shadow Fey courts to the city of Zobek. And it is notoriously difficult to locate uh, as its, its location is hidden or moves. Uh, the average citizen really isn't sure what the deal is there. Uh, and the hope is that Kari, being a Shadow Fey, will have an easier time locating it. Uh, and then uh, we had Cloak and Glaz uh, diving into some research at the Arcane Collegium. Uh, as well as securing lodgings in the college district. Uh, and they uh, rented a small series of, uh, a small, basically a small flat from a lovely middle-aged halfling lady named of D. Kettlewhistle, who is a maid at the college. Uh, and they uh, have arranged to have a, a housewarming dinner with her later. And uh, really, she just seemed a lovely person and was only too happy to take these, uh, these two boys in and give them a, a nice, clean safe place for them to stay. So they have secured lodgings outside of the so-called fuck house. <laughs> uh, and I believe that is pretty much where we have left off. Um, let's see if... Uh, all right, sorry, we had uh, Will stepping out for a moment. No problem. So we're going to go and jump right in with Kari. Kari, uh, to Our remind you... offering. Armored Crocolis mount for Kane. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. I am beyond hyped at this. I'll just make a note of that, and we'll figure out what to do with that here in a minute. Thank you for the donation, friendos. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. For and thanks for the raid, Prior. Prylor. Yes. Hi, Prylor. Okay, well, everybody's distracted. Look at my totally cool and awesome death save shirt. Yeah, that death save. That's pretty damn I almost amazing. Her be like, Look at my new tattoo and then showed in your butt. And it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Well, ERP is definitely a revelation. I am looking for Winter's Kiss. Okay. Yes, and indeed. I would absent, right. And I remember the last thing I was doing was walking down a set of corridors, I believe, or something close to it. What you were doing was riding into town on your brand new mount, which to everyone else looks like a uh, gorgeous, shining oh, coated, yes, my uh, high-spirited, high uh, black-coated stallion. 
what everyone else viewing this beast doesn't know is that it is, in fact, as you said, a creature known as a Shadhavar. Uh, it is a creature native to the Shadow Realm of Midgard, and it resembles nothing short of an undead unicorn. It seems emaciated, its skin pulled tight against its muscles and bones, its eyes gleam red, and its horn has this almost uh, worm-eaten wood look to it, where there are great gaps missing and it uh, it occasionally blows air through this horn and, le- and sounds this sort of plaintive wailing song that is uh, somewhat comforting to Kari and extremely disturbing to everyone else who hears it. Uh, however, at the moment, it looks like a beautiful black stallion. Uh, you are riding down the streets of Zobek uh, as you've made it back into the city, and the sun is sinking toward the west and uh, and hiding behind the Iron Crag Mountains and dusk is settling over the city of Zobek itself. You have in your possession uh, a satchel that once belonged to a Shadow Fey courier who met his end in the depths of the Margrave Forest at the end of the arrows of peculiar creatures called Alcide, uh, sort of a, a hybrid deer elf centaur creature. Uh, you have in that, uh, of particular note in that satchel is a letter sealed addressed to the uh, ambassador in extraordinary Glanadin Felamandrine at Winter's Kiss Embassy. So you have some sort of priority communication for the ambassador at Winter's Kiss himself. Now, um, why don't you make me an intelligence, either investigation or history, whichever you prefer, and I'll give you advantage on it to see how much you know about Winter's Kiss. Okay, I apologize, as it will take me uh, a little bit longer to grab dice. You said investigation or... Sorry? Or history, whichever you prefer. Oh, they're both awful, so let's go with investigation. <laughs> that's a nat oh, 20 well, that's so. what we want to see. Damn. Oh, Very nice. Yeah. All right. So, uh, <laughs> you, if you recall, you spent some time amongst the gentry of the Shadow Fae, uh, in and around the area of Hunt's Retreat in the Shadow Realm. In fact, you uh, rubbed elbows very briefly with the Black Prince himself. And in the course of uh, kind of garnering some notoriety because you were in his proximity, uh, you managed to chat very briefly with some of the other courtiers uh, who were in his hunting party and just sort of following in his orbit, as well as those strange... Uh, almost monochrome servant figures, uh, one of whom sort of attached himself to you and saw to your every need when you were in the camp there. Uh, And you recall hearing that the embassy of Winter's Kiss, while it has previously um, actually changed its location throughout Zobek, uh, the entrance moved in some way uh, that seems perfectly natural to you, but would be incredibly perplexing to any uh, material-dwelling mortal. Uh, it has actually become more stable in recent years. You're not exactly sure why, but you had heard through these rumors that Winter's Kiss is now located in the Collegium District of Zobek. So you know at least the general location of where it is. And so uh, you spend probably... How uh, how much priority are you going to give to finding the embassy? Uh, as it's uh, night is falling, are you going to go ahead and push through at it? Uh, you've had a little bit of a tiring day since you were traveling through the woods, but you hadn't been in combat or anything like that. You've had a restful restful night the day before, uh, so you're you're not terribly uh, sapped. Uh, 
Kari has always been kind of close to her people and feeling that this is something that is incredibly important, especially as it is an ambassador. Um, she's <laughs> going to be pushing through the night as long as her Shadavar does not seem uh, too disturbed by the journey. And plus, she would prefer traveling at night because as a Shadow Fae, sunlight sensitivity and everything has been kind of a setback for her. Yes, indeed. Uh, so yeah, your, your last leg of the trip from the edge of the woods uh, across the plains and the bridge and then across the river into Zobek. That was just, uh, it was a little bit harrowing. The sun was bright. It was stabbing into your eyes. You could feel it prickling like needles across your skin. Um, so now it's just sort of a welcome respite as uh, as Sarastra's cloak is thrown over uh, the, the waking world of Midgard and you feel much more at home. Uh, so you're content to spend most of the evening uh, engaging in your search for the location of Winter's Kiss. Um, the Collegium District, uh, it, it doesn't completely shut down after dark, but activity definitely dips sharply. Uh, you can see faculty, students, and uh, staff from the Arcane Collegium filtering out and heading home. Uh, you probably even part ways with Glaz and, uh, and Cloak in that area as they split off to go and begin their research at the Collegium Library now that they have secured their... Uh, their invitations and their right to be there, uh, despite how much that vindictive kobold would like to keep Cloak out. Uh, mm. You spend, we'll say, uh, probably about two hours just sort of walking the streets uh, or riding the streets, as it were, of uh, of the Collegium District. It's uh, it's well cobbled. It's kept very clean. Uh, you see city guard uh, at any number of points, uh, and they. Um, you catch their attention, and they give you a look, just enough because it's, okay, well, here's a Shadow Fae riding a black horse right in the middle of town. It's not something they've never seen, but it's enough to, to garner their attention, and they give you perhaps a polite but curt nod and just let you on your way. Nobody seems to accost you. Um, you make your way down a, uh, a particular cul-de-sac, and as you turn onto this little dead-end street, and you can see the uh, the flickering lamplights uh, just throwing these little pools of radiance uh, amidst the shadows of night. You take a deep breath and you smell this sort of cold chill in the air that reminds you of home. Hmm. We must be getting close, I say to my Shadavar kind of absent-mindedly stroking along its mane. It, uh, it tosses its head a little bit and sort of bows its head back into your touch. And uh, it lets out this, uh, this soft wicker and, and turns its head. And there's a shimmer around its head. And you see its horn for just a moment appear in this ripple in the air. And it seems to be pointing down the street toward the right side. Oh, you would know better than I would, wouldn't you? Come, it, let's uh, away then. It gives a it gives a soft almost a chuckle uh, almost a chuckling sort of whinny and uh, before you even finish talking is already set off in the direction it was pointing. Mm, I feel a very strong connection being with animals. It kind of just reminds me of being young and running uh, through the wilderness of the Shadow Fay, and I find myself a lot more eager than I had realized to be on my way home, as it were, even mm -hmm. if it's not my home home. And, uh, and and so riding the Shadhavar is a particularly exhilarating experience. You'd seen them before, particularly when you were younger, uh, running in sort of um, 
these wild herds through the forests and plains uh, of your home, but you'd never ridden one before. You'd, of course, seen them broken as mounts, or, well, broken is the wrong word, since they are more intelligent than, than mortal horses. Um, uh, but you, you'd never had the, the pleasure of riding one, so this is a, this is a new... It has been one of Kari's great dreams for a long time, actually. I think I mentioned that briefly in her backstory, that she had a strong desire did, yes. to, uh, to come across such a creature, so this is definitely one of those magical moments for her where I guess the equivalent of like shadow fake country would be playing in her mind as she's galloping <laughs> down. <laughs> All right. So the, uh, the, the shadow of sort of, um, picks up on your excitement and, and, uh, steps up into a trot and it's clattering hooves sort of herald your approach as it brings you down the street uh, to the house kind of on the end of the lane right before the cul-de-sac itself uh, and it stops turns toward it which just sort of seems to be just this uh, you're in a, a richer area of the city uh, so the, the the homes are large they're built of stone um, this one in particular you can just feel it sort of prickling at your skin and you can see a shimmer in the air around it. There is an air of glamour uh, surrounding this building and in the architecture, you can see it sort of strangely wavers between a, uh, a human style that seamlessly blends with the surrounding buildings and then this more elegant, darker, sort of uh, delicate sweeping style that that you that you immediately recognize from home uh, and you know without a doubt you're at the right place uh, the Shadhavar brings you up to the steps leading up to the front door and stops and and just sort of waits patiently there for you to dismount uh, I do so and would this be kind of like a shadow road through the building itself and I would have to roll my arcana check to understand no, how it works no, it's, or do I just it's not a it's not any kind of shadow road it's probably more along the lines of a veil of illusion that uh, okay. protects the building um, uh, you recall as uh, winter's kiss used to be hidden from plain sight and that the entrance could if rumor was to be believed even move around Zobek. Uh, there might be the the sort of remnant or the dormant form of that magic still upon it. Um, or perhaps the ambassador, despite having decided to quit moving the door all over the damn city, uh, still likes his privacy and prefers the building to be nondescript. Um, so you make your way up to the up to the door and you see a particular emblem uh, worked in silver. It's a crescent moon pointed upward and you recognize that as being part of the uh, coat of arms of the courts of the Shadow Fae themselves. Yes. Um, would there be any particular greeting or code that I would have to use or could Kari just kind of confidently stride into the building? So you're not aware of any particular etiquette or challenge or passphrase or anything that you might need. So as far as you know, you would most likely be welcome if you just make your presence known. I am Kari of Hunt's Reach, I say out loud, kind of looking over my shoulder, almost like I'm looking over to one of my companions for reassurance, but then realizing it's the Shadowar and while it is an intelligent creature, it, I shouldn't be so embarrassed in front of it. I kind of straighten myself <laughs> out a bit more. And uh, I wait to see if there's any reaction to that. If there is not, then I push on. Okay, so you uh, you say this just sort of up the stairs at the door? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Uh, just below the crescent emblem on the door, you can see that there is very, uh, very subtly worked into it. There is a little um, kind of a viewport or a panel, and that slides open, and you see the uh, delicate bone structure uh, in the little bit of face that you can see behind it of uh, one of your one of your kind, another shadow fae, um, a male, and his skin has a, a vaguely violet sort of tinge to it and his eyes uh they swirl between green and this rich almost night sky blue and he says keren salas welcome kari of hunt's reach what brings you to winter's kiss i have grave news of glanamine elementary and some of his belongings uh, his eyes widen just a moment, and and he uh, he says, "Very well." The viewport slides shut, and then the door opens. Uh, and behind the door is a uh, shadow fae man with sort of long silvery hair bound back in a uh, a black metal ring, in this sort of sweeping clean ponytail. Uh, he has uh, curving horns uh, jutting out of his hairline that curl down by his temples, and his ears kind of sweep back from uh, behind the horns and he steps aside and sweeps a gesture for you to enter into the uh, into the foyer and you can see uh, soft dark woven carpet with uh, these subtle patterns embroidered in them clearly of some sort of exotic silk uh, there's dark wood paneling covering the walls and there are uh, candles here in these sort of black metal sconces that burn with bluish green flames. It's very dim, but enough to uh, create comfortable illumination for your dark vision. It's very welcoming and uh, very comfortable given how the human dominated city of Zobek usually comports itself. Oh, thank you very thank much. Thank you for the bits. Uh, so you step in, and uh, the Shadow Fae closes the door. And he says, uh, I shall bring your name and your tidings to His Excellency the Ambassador. If you would please wait here, I shall return to you shortly. And he sort of bows slightly at the waist and, uh, and heads off into the embassy. And you can see that there are some comfortable chairs uh, off to the side uh, and a, a silver carafe full of cold water uh, along with some goblets if you wish to avail yourself of it. I feel like Kari uh, would be a little out of place and probably more so nervously pacing and doing that kind of weird guest in a home thing where she puts her hands behind her back but like leans looking at stuff like, oh, I'm not going to touch sure, this. But sure. it's, uh, it's very out of place. She's not from a royal lineage or heritage and having to bring this news and tell this tale and be the bearer of bad news. She's kind of wondering, is, is this going to be one of those rare instances where they kill the messenger? Got it. All right. So uh, as you're sort of inspecting the furnishings and uh, and looking at this uh, this beautiful framed portrait, an oil painting of a uh, resplendent shadow fae noble lady who is wearing a, a garb that is kind of this strange mixture of what looks like this delicate, almost airy half plate armor and then a formal gown along with that. Like the armor is worked into sort of a corset shape and she has these flowing silk skirts that uh, that roll out from under the uh, the male skirt 
uh, that, uh, that that runs down from her waist, and she just has this imperious, um, cold, and uh, th- this expression on her face that has this iron resolve, but wrapped in a courtier's silk. Uh, it's it's somewhat captivating, and you notice there's a side room next to this uh, this great portrait, and a little bit of movement catches your eye, and your your attention flickers over to there, and you can see barely in the darkness of the room beyond this doorway, there is the shape of a shadowy. You really can't place if if it's a dog or a wolf, or it's definitely something canine-ish, but it's it's form just sort of blends into the darkness and you can see this cold blue gleaming where eyes would be as it just sort of watches you and you you have this this thought for the moment that if it didn't want you to see it you wouldn't have but it's just sort I, of watching i nod my head in respect to the animal and its intelligence and kari despite her more mundane trappings and hunting style uh, a half smile spreads across her face as she looks up, and whether or not it's the truth, she imagines this to be her queen um, of the Shadow Bay, and just kind of basks in the not exact presence of her being there, but being close enough in that connection to her people, and a, a bit more of calmness and the you know the scared trepidations that she has from being in this grand foyer, kind of releases a little bit as she realized she's a shadow face, she's here, this is her people, she's where she's belonging, she's doing the right thing. So uh, after that moment of sort of calm settles over you, you you manage to, your, your brain sort of clicks what this creature is. It's one of the hounds of the night, uh, often used as one of the hunting hounds by either the Lord of the Hunt or the Black Prince. Uh, they are... Um, formidable creatures with uh, the ability to expel sort of a shadowy blast of icy frigid cold that infuses their bites and their uh, their terrible terrible beasts but strangely exactly as you say seeing this thing whereas anyone else uh, a visitor to this place might be off put and now fearful that this creature is watching over them it gives you a sense of familiarity comfort and safety um, and as you're sort of settling into that uh, into that new calmness the steps herald the return of the doorman, and he bows once again at the waist with a, sort of a florid whisper of his uh, of his velvet overcoat, and he gestures toward the stairs and says, "His Excellency would love to see you immediately. If you would please follow me, Mistress." And I make haste and stay as respectful, few paces uh, back from the host. Okay, so uh, he leads you up the stairs uh, toward. Uh, toward a uh, dark, polished wood door. He knocks once upon it and uh, and opens the door before waiting for any sort of invitation. Clearly, he knows he is expected. And he steps inside, and he says, Your Excellency, may I present Mistress Kari of Hunt's Retreat. That's yeah, Hunt's Retreat, not Hunt's Reach. <laughs> uh, and he... He, that's okay. He bows, uh, gestures you to enter, and then uh, once you've stepped inside the room, he leaves and pulls the door closed. Uh, inside, you find yourself in a very well-appointed study. There are dark, polished bo- uh, wood bookshelves full of uh, tomes of all description and size. 
some that seem brand new with polished leather and you can smell the oil that has uh, that smells like it's been very recently rubbed into the covers. You can see gilt and silvered lettering gleaming in the candlelight. Uh, there are scrolls that seem so old that a stray breeze would cause them to crumble into dust. There are um, glass cases behind which strange misshapen skulls rest on black velvet pillows and uh, all manner of implements and artifacts uh, scattered here and there about the room. There are tables with candelabras, there are overstuffed uh, chairs and couches, even a chaise lounge at one point, and uh, sort of a, a, a larger table with several chairs arranged around it. Near a crackling fireplace, uh, whereupon another one of those uh, sort of bluish green flames burns merrily within and uh, sends these azure sparks up the chimney is in you can just tell by his bearing that he's an older shadow fay uh of course judging his age by looks is incredibly difficult as it is for all elven kind but uh he has great curving ram's horns and uh his hair is uh dark and is slicked close to his scalp cut short and uh, and just very meticulously it comes to a widow's peak sharp enough to cut bread and you can see uh he is holding uh, a brown leather book open in front of him just sort of reading by the firelight uh his features are long and sharp his nose comes to this sort of almost a point as does his chin sort of matching it and his eyes are very very dark and uh, and seem almost overly large in his uh, in his face. He turns to you with a soft, whispered snap of the book closing, and he tilts his head to the side, and his eyes sweep over you, and he nods, just ever so faintly. And he says, "I am Ambassador Thalamandrine, and I bid you welcome to Winter's Kiss. Come, tell me of why you are here." I bow deeply um and walk up to his study and i produce any item that i didn't give to glass uh to hang on to the the memory potion the pouch that contained it uh the letter the paperwork and i will go into a description at great length of pretty much everything that's happened from the moment i have come out into the world of sunlight to this point uh, to make sure that I don't leave out any detail. And as I'm rounding out my story and I say the Adabar um, fortunately survived and is outside waiting, I would understand if you would like to take him into your own house. So as you tell your story, uh, Thalamandrine watches you with just sort of uh, this almost statuesque bearing. He hardly moves a muscle. You don't notice his shoulders lift when he breathes. Hey, what's up, Mike? Uh, his, uh, his eyes flicker once when you say that the courier is dead. And you can see his skin tone, which is alabaster pale, suddenly begins to grow darker and it becomes almost this faint um like if you could imagine you had a faint charcoal dust rubbed over somebody with this porcelain complexion that's what happens to his skin it grows about three shades darker toward gray or black 
and he uh, he nods once as you uh, as you explain and you finish your tale and you hold forth. I assume the the letter, the sealed letter. Yeah, I put everything on the study immediately uh, before him, right. and as I finish my tale, I kind of start shifting from one leather boot to the other, and uh, almost holding my breath, like I hope he believes my tale. I hope that this is not him thinking that I've committed some sort of assassination. And all these terrible thoughts start running through Kari's head as she stands there waiting for him to say something, anything. Sure. Uh, so, so you finish, and his eyes sweep down to the uh, the little round side table that has this um, this parquet wood sort of pattern, almost like a wooden mosaic built into the top of it. That every time you look at it, it seems just a little different than the last time you you saw it, and it becomes a little distracting every time you look down, and the pattern seems to have changed or shifted, or you remembered it wrong. It, it's it takes you a little bit of focus to stop looking at the damn thing and focus on the guy in front of you. But you you place the uh, the articles on the table, and as you finish your story, he he sweeps his hand over with this very fluid gesture, almost like um almost like a mountebank or a magician doing a card trick. And he sweeps his hand over the letter and somehow manages to scoop it up without seeming to really grab it with his fingers. It's it's very strange. And he looks at it and he sort of runs it across his nose and takes a, a, a brief inhale of it and looks at the black seal and cracks it with this very audible pop. And then he snaps and a shadow moves from behind him, from out from a bookshelf. Uh, and it comes out bearing this glass bottle with uh, a swirling liquid in it that uh, catches the light, and it has this sort of golden sheen. And when you look back down at the side table, there are two crystal uh, wine glasses there that you didn't see a moment ago. He, the shadow, the shadowy figure, vaguely humanoid, you really can't, your eyes just kind of slide off of it. Uh, you hear the, the hollow pop of the cork, and then the, uh, the, the, the whispered slosh as the liquid is poured into each of the glasses. And as Thelamandrine opens the letter, he gestures toward one of them, uh, to you. Kari tries to hold back her excitement as this is going completely the opposite way as uh, she had predicted, but doesn't want to presume so much and puts one of the glasses in front of him, uh, presuming that he's asking to get one for him, but if uh, he kind of gives her any kind of physical look, like, what are you doing? She'll then get one for herself as well as she uh, still stands two feet away from the desk uh, nervously. So he uh, he turns to kind of face the letter toward the firelight and and uh, still reading without even looking, picks up the uh, the goblet and, and sniffs it and inhales deeply and sort of like without moving his head his eye just sort of rolls over to you and his eyebrow quirks up and his eye flicks down to the goblet that's still on the table and then back up to you uh yeah she is trying to remember anything she was taught about sophistication grabs the glass and stands expectantly um i mean it seems like he's offering it to you yeah, she's uh, just so, gonna hold yeah. it because she's not gonna drink first. She's not gonna okay. do anything. He, uh, once you once you pick it up, he seems satisfied and goes back to reading. And he takes a uh, a, a slow sip, savoring uh, whatever this liquid is. And as you pick up the goblet, it feels warm in your hand, not chilled as you might expect. And it has this this heady tang of alcohol. It smells like perhaps a very uh, strong or fortified wine, but it also has this very 
this very warm note to it that uh, makes your skin sort of flush as you breathe in the scent, and it feels like it grows maybe a degree or two warmer in your hand. Kari very enticing. Completely forget where she is for a minute. Forgets all of her tidings of sophistication and trying to do anything, and just slowly sips and drinks in. As you drink it, it has a bizarre combination of chilled and warmed. So it's almost like it's like you're drinking a chilled wine and a mulled wine at the same time. It has uh, the, the, the very heavy alcohol legs of a brandy as it runs uh, across your tongue. And the, the aroma of it fills your mouth and your nose as you breathe. And beyond this, this very just rich, complex wine flavor, that warmth begins to spread through you. And it just feels like uh, every time you have felt yourself in the presence of the hunter, uh, that time you, you felt that reverence when the Lord of the Hunt appeared and made his offering at that little tree stump uh, altar uh, to your god, all those little bits of connection, all of that just sort of wells back up within you. And you can just feel that in this drink as you uh, as you quaff it and uh, as you, you you sort of let that feeling wash over you you start to catch snippets of thoughts and memories that are clearly not your own but are someone else's the the feeling of kneeling at an altar and, and being filled with the presence of something greater than yourself that gives life purpose and meaning sorry kind of fight back to hold uh, emotional tears but so uh, very, very, very clearly what you are drinking now is a mortal's memory of, of piety and, uh, and faith that has been somehow distilled into a beverage. Uh, so whatever this is, this is uh, you've been offered basically, uh, I mean, imagine the most expensive champagne or wine that you could ever think uh, of. That's, that's, the, that's the equivalent of I can definitely do that. <laughs> that's the, uh, you know, the, uh, the $400 a shot scotch in, the, in yeah. the, the unique crystal decanter. That's what you've just been offered. You've been offered the distilled memory of a mortal's faith. Mm. Uh, so as Thalamandrine reads, he sort of, with one, he's holding the letter in one hand. Welcome back, Will. He, uh, Hello. he snaps... Snaps yeah, the parchment that. closed with a, a flick of his long, almost spider-like fingers, and then looks at you and he says, Have you read the contents of this letter, my dear? I don't believe... Oh, I had read the contents of that letter. You had not. You had not. Okay. No, it was sealed. Uh, it was sealed and addressed to him, so you guys did not okay. open it. Uh, I, I shake my head fervently. No. Not like faith. He, uh, he nods at that uh, and seems satisfied and, uh, and, and pleased. He folds the letter back up as it was, runs his fingers across the crease, and uh, sort of holding it in his, his goblet hand between two fingers, sets the letter down, takes a long drink of his, uh, of his wine, and gestures toward the seating area and says, Please. If you would be willing to indulge me, I would have you sit, and we would talk a while. I would be honored, and I, so, I take my seat across from him. He sits, and he crosses one leg over the other, and he's wearing these polished black leather shoes. And the leather has a, a strange texture to it, almost like scales, but not quite. You can't really place what creature uh, the leather 
has come from, and it has these uh, polished silver buckles on it. And instead of reflections, it seems like shadows are the only thing that play across the silver surface. Very, uh, very strange. I think of Glaz for a moment and how delighted he would have been to see such boots. And a small half smile comes upon me as I've become rather endeared to that particular companion. Uh, and I, I sit back and I relax a little bit more, feeling a bit more comfortable. So uh, he says, You have told me of your adventures that progressed in the old Margrave. And I am saddened to hear of the death of our courier. It may or may not have seemed strange to you that a messenger would have appeared so far from Zobek proper with a letter bound for me when a shadow road runs directly to us. And he sort of uh, watches you for a moment to see if you have any reaction to that. Uh, No, that's exactly my thought process. I had presumed that something would have gotten in the way or that they were taking a roundabout route as would be clever if delivering an important message to a distinguished emissary such as yourself. He, uh, he purses his lips and he says, commerce and messages along the shadow road and when he says that you can hear the capital letters there are shadow roads aplenty the shadow road is the one that runs from zobek across uh across midgard and particularly to the courts of the shadow fey is one of its more um prominent destinations it's probably the one you took from coromel the city of lanterns to zobek when you first brought glass out of the shadow realm when his mishap landed him there The Shadow Road has been closed to us. We have had no word. There has been no trade. This is the first message that has come from the courts and Her Majesty. And he taps the letter. So apparently that letter is from the Queen. Or from (laughs) her agents. Okay, so my thought process of him being sneaky and trying to go up down other roads is kind of correct. But the Shadow Road... Kari is absolutely aghast at this information um, mm-hmm. of the Shadow Roads being closed and a slight sense of panic comes over her for a second at the thought of not being able to possibly return home then she realizes there are other Shadow Roads. Sure. Uh, did you, in your story, telling uh, the ambassador of everything you've done and, and everything that transpired in the forest, did you tell him about your companions? Uh, I would have spared no detail. I don't okay. see any reason to any of that out No problem. No problem at all. He says, you travel with a geomancer. Yes? Yes. Laz is Hmm. quite adept at his craft, though a bit talking. Wizards often are, I find. Hmm. This is fortunate. Perhaps, perhaps her transcendent majesty smiles upon us. I would have you investigate the strange goings-on with the Shadow Road in... enlist the aid of your companion. His knowledge may be quite valuable. We do not know what has caused the disruption in the Shadow Road itself and the ley line upon which it runs. He may be able to help you. I suspect there are forces at work, forces we wish to 
understand better and dissuade them in ever tampering with what is ours again. Do you understand? A very cross look comes across Kari's face at the idea of anyone daring to come at the might of the Shadow Fae, and she nods, um, the mirth leaving her face, understanding the importance of this. We, of course, have agents of the court and the crown who will be tracing these disturbances from the sides of our homeland, but we require more agents here on the material of Midgard itself. And you shall be chief among these. He reaches into his, uh, into his coat, into his pocket, and pulls out a small little um, token. And it's gold. And you can tell immediately that it's not just gold, it's shadow gold. Uh, it, it seems to kind of gather darkness around the engravings and, uh, and corners. And he holds it out to you on his palm. Take this. This is my seal. Use it should you find great need. If you run afoul of the administration of this city, the mortal rulers, and he kind of rolls his eyes just a little bit, this will I, tell I kind them. of demurely look down and uh, pretend I didn't see. This will remind them of their place. Use it in my name should you have great So you take it and you look at it, and there's the gear seal of Zobek with the black crescent of Winter's Kiss emblazoned on top of it. Hmm. Uh, Kari will take a knife out of her hair and uh, quickly fashion a, um, maybe from one of her shoelaces, take her pouch and create a necklace and tuck it underneath the tunic in her shirt in the pouch so that it is not easily gained by thieves. I will protect this. And thank you. Very good. Well, are you enjoying the wine? She, not smiling, uh, not really sure of how to respond, taking another small sip. It is a great honor. A priestess of Lada, the goddess, traded it some time ago. I have found this one of my favorite acquisitions. The vintage is exquisite. You know, the is Lada Curry's is the first goddess. I'm having it, so <laughs> Lada, uh, Lada yeah, is the right. goddess of uh, of healing and mercy. So whatever uh, whatever a priestess there ran afoul of the Shadow Fae, you're not sure how or why, but that's very interesting to you. And she apparently traded away some of her faith for whatever her debt or need was. He, uh, he looks to the other articles that you have placed on the table, and he says, you may keep these other baubles. Take them with my blessing and thanks for your service to your queen. Thank you, Lord Fell, Mandarin. I kind of, for a brief moment, look around, not being able to help myself. Um, I had seen an interesting companion of yours, the Shadow House. Hmm, yes. Yes, we have... Many servants, many defenders here in Winter's Kiss. Should anyone be foolish enough to strike at us in our seat of power, they will be dead before they take five steps. And uh, <laughs> when he says that, there's another movement of shadow behind him. You can't make out who or what it is, but there's definitely something back there. Kari laughs, 
but again, it's one of those moments where like icy cold shoots down her spine and she is once mm-hmm. again reminded of the presence of greatness that she is in uh, and will, as formally as possible, finish her drink, but is also very excited to begin this mission for the crown immediately. She feels like she's been chosen for something really cool. With your leave, my liege, I would very much like to begin this investigation for you immediately. He, uh, he's just, he's this bare quirk of a smile at one corner of his mouth. He says, this pleases me. He stands and, uh, and kind of holds his hands out and he says, Ben, I wish you all fortune. And he kind of takes your hands and, and bows just ever so slightly to you. I bow much deeper. May you and your (laughs) companions have good fortune great hunting, and may the blood of your enemies wet your blades. I always And I will let go of his hands, step back, bow once again, and walk out of the room, never turning my back to him, walking to the door, opening the doors behind me, and then very mm-hmm. quietly uh, closing them behind, and then Kari will kind of take a look around, and she'll do one of these! and uh, jump in excitement and ecstaticness and realize that she might have made a mistake because she's very road weary but nonetheless is going to push on and persevere and get back to her companion giving a a brief nod to the shadows wherever that shadow hound was even if she doesn't see it just uh, acknowledging the creature's greatness and running out the door hoping that her shatavar has not abandoned her the when you when you ha- step outside, you uh, descend the marble stairs down to the sidewalk, and the Shadowvar is waiting just where you left him. And he sort of <laughs> when you uh, when you approach, I take out the coin and I I show him we have an important mission. He uh, sort of brings his nose forward and his big horse nostrils kind of flare as they snuffle at it, and it kind of uh, like nose bumps the the side of your face. Hmm. I put it back in. If you are ready to travel, we should away. All right. You mount up and head wherever you would like. So uh, we will let you take your rest for the evening, and we'll move on to the next day, which will bring us up current with the rest of the party, and you guys can can reconvene. And you know that um, tonight, Kane, is the night that uh, Thrick... Vandessian Thrick is slated to be in the Cartways Black Market, according to your cobalt coachman friend, Black Eye. I don't, I don't mean to point out the mispronounced prick there, Dan. I don't want to be that guy. Just saying. Yes. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess. Well, I would have. I, I believe I've told Riordan that. Um, yes, we're killing someone. Yes. Nice. Indeed. Good. So. Uh, yeah, I will uh, have made attempts to find the others. I, I kind of want to go to the uh, to the library and see what they're up to, just because <laughs> I really, I really want Kane and Raiden to. They, they thought they were going to pick up girls at the library. It was honestly sad. <laughs> we, we're like going to come out like st- we're going to come out. We're like stinking of alcohol, like blood, and like <laughs> really like, I've been like. I've I've like split all my knuckles. You're like, oh yeah. It's like a, we should go to the library. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not friends. 
All right, so you two are are both drunk don't as you lords. Ruin this uh, <laughs> don't you ruin this for what? me? Is it like morning time and they're, they're wasting? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, they're they're coming out at like you know half an hour after sunup. <laughs> right. So we're like hung over. before. Yeah, we're we're hung over or like still drunk, you're, and you you've yeah, got I like say, you're not hung over yet. You're still drunk. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> There is no last call. You've got, you've got split knuckles. You have a black eye. Your your lip is split in two places. There's a there's a mixture of your blood and someone else's on the corner of your lip that you haven't like completely wiped away. Uh, <laughs> you know you've gotten a little bit of the action too, uh, Rio Dan. Whether you wanted to or not, uh, things got a little heated in there. So uh, you're sort of dabbing at the little bruise on your cheek with a, a, a lace handkerchief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, Off we go. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will follow Reed and um, out. Sort of maybe, maybe turning and sort of giving uh, glares to anyone who followed us out. Even even if they weren't involved in any fights we participated in that night, like anyone who walks out immediately after me, I'm just <laughs> King gives them the look of like leave another time, go back inside, depart some other to fuck you, and we drunkenly <laughs> stagger. I'm that overly aggressive. Uh, sure. kind of guy at the bar who everyone hates and just wants to avoid. Yep. So uh, so as you come out and you pass by one of the side alleys uh, next to the Wee Chief, you do in fact notice a few of the people that you had tussled with earlier. Looks like they were waiting for you to leave and they start to, to kind of square up and, and, and reach for their weapons and they see you, they catch your eye and they see that little hint of look, it was, you know, in there it was all fun and games, but if you come at me now, I'm leaving with your blood. They they just kind of see that and they, they think better of it. And they just sort of melt back into the alleyway and go somewhere else to, to drink off their bruised pride. <laughs> okay. Uh, in which case, yeah, I, I guess like Riordan is probably going to be leading towards the library. This is definitely Riordan's idea. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> great, we'll find them. Then we're we'll gonna go down the library. It'll be a wild no time. <laughs> Librarians, right? Right. Fantastic. Oh, I want them to meet my librarian. <laughs> I can't. I can't tell if that was McCloken speaking or Cloak. Like, I feel like McCloken has a, a particularly vicious librarian story that I now need to hear. I uh, remember he was a total absolute dick the last time that he went to go over there. It's a kobold, he's right? Like, he's, he's like, like, he's, yeah, he's like, oh, him, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, he's like, he's cloaks like nemesis. Like, yeah. kobolds are become his favorite enemy after fucking level six. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> just for some, this, uh, some natural animosity between kobolds and gnomes. So, hmm. I was gonna say, I, I can imagine Healthy. they're stumbling out of the bar. You know, Glass and Cloak. You know, starting their morning. These are lovely flapjacks, Mrs. Kettle Whistle. Can I get you some more tea? As we're having a lovely breakfast with Steve Kettle Whistle. Yep. Nice little doily on our plates. We're having D, some juice. Uh, D is making you guys uh, uh, pancakes and uh, with fresh fruit, sort of uh, uh, with uh, fresh fruit kind of on the top of them, uh, along with powdered sugar. So it's just a, a wonderful breakfast. And uh, you probably hear <laughs> Rio Dan singing as. <laughs> <laughs> he's headed past your house towards the Arcane Collegium. Nope, just let it happen. Yeah. I imagine that this is going to be a good outcome for anybody. Yeah, we just pretend we don't know them. 
Uh, Kari, one note. Uh, as you came out of Winter's Kiss, you'll notice that uh, while, you know, you had a, a lovely sort of, well, tense, but ultimately extremely satisfying visit with, with the Ambassador, uh, much more time seems to, have, seems to have passed when you leave Winter's Kiss. So it's partially time flies when you're having fun, but also maybe time flowed a little bit different in there versus out here in the rest of Zobek. So uh, you, you kind of lost, seems like, most of the night in your audience. Oh, no, that means daylight soon. Daylight on the way, yeah. So uh, I imagine she'll go and uh, turn in and get some sleep. Uh, daylight uh, yeah, and Rio Dan. <laughs> yeah, daylight yeah. and Rio Dan, oh, God. Yeah, no. I'll Two push until I get there, and then I'll just kind of slap uh, how much gold would ever, ever be required for any hotel and just pillow over face. Oh, so you're just going to grab the nearest room in the Collegium District, not go to anywhere in particular? Um, I, I think or... that she'll want to be awake. She only needs um, uh, four hours of rest. Yeah, so she only she only needs a she only needs a place for four hours, and so then she'll be good to go. Yeah, so yeah, and then it's good to be an elf. Yeah, it's great. Sure. Do you know where uh, Cloak and Glass are staying? I, I assume so. that you all would be at the Fuck House regardless. So, or well, yeah, that would yeah, be a good our little bed and breakfast with, with D. Uh, I, I would say that I would say that you know so that they good. were going to uh, find a play a room to, to rent in the in the Collegium district somewhere, but you don't know where yet. Yeah, the first place when I wake up, I would go and check in the fuck house and then ask around right. for them. I know I know it has an Got actual it. name, but <laughs> it's called the Silk Scabbard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't have my notebook. Yeah. I have some. It's all right. Oh, you missed a dirty look from the prostitute I got when I called it the fuck house in front of her. It was it was less <laughs> dirty for pain. It was more like, eh, well, that's not insult, wrong. But my friend Valia that way. She is is a courtesan at a very uh, a lovely establishment known as the Silver Serpent. Silver Scabbard. Scabbard. Silk Silver Serpent. Scabbard. Silver. Silver silk 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 on the scabbard. Silk. That is hard to say with this silk accent. Scabbard. I just have to say. You really, really like the serpents. So, um, uh, um, a cloak, I, I feel as though that we need to put a stop to this. <laughs> to whatever's happening outside. To whatever no. is happening, they are heading towards the library. They could ruin this for you. If they start screaming your name, they could take away your library pass. <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> No, I'm just happening. saying, this is not, they're not um, going to go quietly um, into the library. God, God damn it. All right. he, he puts, he puts like his having pancakes down and he's like, I just want quiet day and these fucking assholes. I'm just going, okay, right, I'm going. And he just like, he's going and uh, Pop Pop is like following behind him, like, like excited to go on a walk. I'm going to totally do it. The door cleaning mine and Cloak's plates as we walk out of these. <laughs> Thank you, Dee. I appreciate it. It is lovely breakfast. We will have dinner soon. And oh, you're very welcome. It was so good seeing you again. Have a great day. All right, you so, head out uh, and you see, uh, you, you kind of see their backs as they've kind of moved on past and they're about to turn the corner. Uh, they're swaying a little bit dangerously looking. Uh, and it looks like um, Kane's blood is definitely up. Uh, and he has not only not only is he spoiling for a fight, but he's probably been at it all night, judging by the look of him. Uh, and and Riodan is just—he's uh, got a good voice. He's clearly just a little bit drunk, uh, and he is just singing this uh, this sort of uh, uh, 
kind of not not really body, but uh, a sort of a spirited tune uh, at the top of his lungs uh, as I'm, he I'm as he sort of swaggers cool. along with with Kane. I'm having terrible images of like Reardon and Kane out now, and it's just Reardon like, "Hey Kane, could you fight that guy?" And Kane says, "Yeah, <laughs> let's do this." <laughs> I just like point at them, and I'm like, "Beat that one up for me." <laughs> so uh, as you're going, whisper the great gray owl is is perched on Kane's shoulder and is just sort of uh, well balanced and kind of waddling along as he swaggers down the road. Uh, it, uh, Whisper's head turns 180 degrees around, makes eye contact with you, Glaz, and just has this look that says, "Help." <laughs> <laughs> Good, good morning, Whisper. How are you? Um, hello, friends. Friends, we are no. we are here. We are here. back this way. You don't need I to didn't get to do the thing I wanted to do. Uh, what did you want to do? I'm sorry. Uh, wait, before before any like as soon as Cloak saw them, because uh, he's probably they're probably too drunk to notice them. Uh, to get them away from the library and ruin his library pass, this is what he would do. Uh, in a uh, I'm trying to find the name of uh, was the hedgehog. The yeah. Hedgehog, yes. Uh, I, I didn't know the it hedgehog was like is... the blue hedgehog, like, uh, but no, it's, it's just the hedgehog. Just, just the hedgehog. Okay. Um. So yeah, the hedgehog tavern. Uh. So cloak would see those two drunk assholes, and uh, and he's gonna <laughs> roll a deception, um, and he's gonna go. <clears throat> Oh my god, I took those free drinks at the hedgehog. And then um and then I kinda also stealth and be like, this is fucking stopping them to go to the library. And let's uh let's let's get my deception up. Um nineteen. Alright, uh so you're trying to kind of persuade them I'm to sure. go get more drinks at the hedgehog rather than going to, to terrorize the library. Yes. Is, is Wait, that the plan? Did someone do this to you, Cloak? Did someone beat you up because we're going around beating everyone up? <laughs> uh, Alright, so why don't you guys, you Dampiri, why don't you make me a um, wisdom insight check with disadvantage due to your drunkenness? <laughs> My what? My my. He can roll his R's. Your inebriation. Uh, sorry, what was the what was the check you need? In wisdom insight, please. Wisdom insight. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's see how this goes. Oh, oh nineteen and twenty. God damn it! My insight is <laughs> a nineteen. With disadvantage. Damn. Oh, a disadvantage. Uh, yeah, let's roll it You guys are poisoned. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so poisoned. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. sick. Uh, yeah, this All is right. about... <laughs> We're like, wait, 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 wait. Free drinks. I, I can't... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so there you go. So someone talks about... You, you overhear someone talking about free drinks at the Hedgehog Tavern, and that sounds kind of enticing, wouldn't you say? <laughs> let's go. Off we go. Next as, uh, as can I Kane, turn however, uh, so so Kane, as you hear this voice, it's definitely um, a voice that you don't necessarily recognize, except somehow you have this uh, 
this this very strange flash of insight. You, you ever get uh, the, that kind of feeling like when you uh, look at yourself in a mirror and you almost have this feeling like you're not looking at yourself. You're almost looking at another person. You, you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever literally sort of had that? Okay, so you, you you get that feeling where you're almost outside of yourself for a second, and you have mm. this sort of clarity in that moment mm. where you hear it, but it's like another person hearing it, and it's almost like you can see Cloak kind of lurking behind you in the alleyway back there, and you sort of turn around, and yep, sure enough, there he is, right where you sort of knew he would be. Well, and Glass is standing there waving. <laughs> well, there's oh, that, yeah, that's at, at this point is when is when uh, is like, when Glass Glass pipes up. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. It's Glass. You're here. You have found us. You don't need to go to the library or that way at all anymore. You can come this way uh, away uh, from the people we re are respected by. Oh, brother, 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 try to sneak Glass in the party. I don't know. I, I I would like to, uh, like Kane lumbers over to uh, Cloak. Like he in Kane's mind, like he prowls towards Cloak in a menacing fashion. Uh, what? How Cloak is sort of standing like at a forty-five degree angle? He's not entirely sure. Like it's impressive, but yeah, Kane sort of like staggers towards you and holds out a hand, like an accusatory finger, that he's probably actually pointing at Glass at this point. But he means it at Cloak, and he says, You said free drinks. Well. At this point, you can smell just the cheap-ass beer and blood wafting off of his breath. <laughs> Yes, where are the free drinks, Cloak? I didn't know there obviously, were free drinks this morning. Obviously, that was a ruse. I was trying to get them away from the library because, uh, <laughs> oh, let's go find Cloak at the library. No, Well, we could just say hello yeah, and no, see they can free drinks. We did not need to be secretive. It would have been funnier if they went to the hedgehog and been like, where are the free drinks? And then started a bit brawl. It would have been funny. We should definitely oh, do that now. Uh, yes, that worked so well for you. They have now suggested that they go fight, and you could look at him. You know what Kane's going to go do. Yeah, he's going to go beat up all your friends that you've been making at the Hedgehog Cavern. Wait, what? Glass <laughs> <laughs> starts running down the street towards the Hedgehog. Everybody get out! There's trouble coming! <laughs> Like, trying to pull, like, the, the equivalent of the fire alarm. Like, everybody leave! Kane is coming! Oh, shit! Kane's coming! <laughs> I say we go and beat them up anyway now, because it seems like they need it. Hmm? I, I, I want to, like... How much shenanigans do you like, want here, Dan? I, I, I would I like mean, to give you know, you guys in. have a thing to do tonight. If you want to be drunk and exhausted when mm. you go do it, mm. that's up to you. I, I'd like to give Riordan a, a, a friendly hug, which in Kane being having his blood up a... and being inebriated, that's a that's a headlock. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's that kind of aggressive, like we're all bros here. Let's okay. so cool, dude. Dude. So is this is this a little out of character for Kane, or is this something that he happens to do when he's when he's feeling feeling good and got Kane's, more Kane's... alcohol than blood? Yeah, no, Kane's. 
Kane's in the mood for a fight, but he's also, it's not that. He's more working okay. up sort of, uh, he's working up to tonight. It's been a long time since Kane's had a proper fucking hunt. Um, but, like, he... I, I will remind you that the goal is not necessarily to kill this person. I know. It's to find out, it's to find out I'm... information about the whole mercenary. I mean, if you guys no, want to kill him, that's all you. <laughs> I am a bounty hunter, Just, not a killer. Yeah. It's been a few weeks. Just thought I'd remind you. <laughs> it's just like, like, like Dan's actually breaking through the four four. Like Kane, just calm down. Just like, <laughs> this is the right <laughs> Yo, where did the man come from? <laughs> oh, um, beard. The beard avatar. <laughs> I so yeah. I, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like drag Reardon over, like with him in a headlock. Kane's like entirely trying to be friendly here, uh, and he'll turn to the others. And it's Drick, right? Thrick, T H R I K K. All I can think was Brick, and I was like, Brick. Oh, "No, that's all right." No, I. Uh, uh, and I will remind you that you can still speak through Whisper. Yeah. So, like, no. So, what what happens is Kane says, "I found this Okay. And what Whisper Hold says on. is... <laughs> Hold on, I speak king. Keep going. Fucking <laughs> kings. And I look Eight expectantly at Cloak. Can I roll insight? <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Same. Oh, fuck. That one. Oh, oh, no. I'm stuck down a well. I got it. I got it. He, he found his lost twin brother, and he took his favorite girl, but they have to go to the market and buy some eggs. I don't know what... I think he's really drunk. Dan, oh, I, yeah. have, I, look, I have two eyes. looks right? to whisper. whisper. You have what? Sorry. What the, what? I, I have two arms, right? Yes. Cloak, cloak headlock. Cloak headlock right now. Okay. In the, in the friendly. Is this, in the is this a trick question? Yes. Yes. Just like, no. yes. And I, I'm, I'm going to be like... Yeah. Go on. After getting the, the look from, from uh, Whisper earlier about Save Me, I kind of put my arm out uh, you know, to uh, Whisper. I, uh, do you do you would like to go, to give us a little clarity on what is happening here? <laughs> All right, so uh, so so whisper as as Kane turned around when he first approached towards you, it was creepy because Whisper's eyes stayed fixed on you and his body just <laughs> rotated, so his head was correct, <laughs> and uh, and so he's just been kind of watching you this whole time and occasionally looking at Kane and then like puffing up his feathers on the back of his head mm -hmm. and his neck. And uh, when you when you offer up your forearm, Whisper kind of jumps and flutters over to you, and his claws kind of clutch. But uh, thanks to your tough trollkin hide, you don't even need a gauntlet. Yeah. The, the, the claws yeah. just kind of grab purchase, and they they really yeah. get a hold. But uh, the uh, the knobby yeah, got, like, sort the of stony outcroppings, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. All those uh, all those sort of armored knobs uh, protect your your skin, <laughs> and it sort of looks at you. And uh, if you wanted to say something through whisper to clarify, yeah, you could whisper whisper sort of with that slightly resigned tone of like I've had a night, <laughs> like. <laughs> 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 says uh we found Thrick leader of the 
It was the Black Shields, right? Correct. Correct. Leader of the Black Shields from the tunnels. And we know... Oh, yeah! That guy, we should go beat him up, too. Do you think he's got tricks? <laughs> and Ka- as, Ka- as, Ka- as this is said, Kane hears, like, Thrip's name and just becomes, like, overly aggressive, just like... And, and like, whispers just... Head hung in in wings, just yeah. But um, yeah, he, yeah. He, uh, like, whisper, uh, whisper. When this is going on, yeah, he actually looks back at Cloak and just looks at him again with this. You see what I deal with? Sort of, sort of expression. <laughs> it's like I've, if a, if, a, if, a, if, a, if an owl could actually like ugh, sigh and drop their shoulders. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really Morford browed right now, and it's like. Oh. Yeah, accentuating. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. um, It's uh, it's actually a little uh, startling how expressive this owl is. I love uh, that's what I love. He's he's there to he's there to do all the things that came down over the edges, (laughs) emote all that business. Yeah. So uh, like as Kane is now questioning Cloak about his long lost brother, (laughs) like he's asking. Kane is now asking Cloak about this brother of his that, like, his twin that apparently he's meeting for eggs. Um, yeah, Whisper will sort of lay out the details that we, uh, we have a, a location and a time for where Frick is going to be. And it's... I- I've got quite a few fucking questions for him. I don't know about the rest of you, but that bastard was a mean bastard. And whoever that guy with the hooks was, I want to know, I want to know details. Oh, yeah. Scythe man. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, we should find. I wonder if Akari has found the uh, the ambassador uh, and the. We knew she was going to Winner's Kiss, right? I think I, I would believe. Have made that yeah, clear. we knew that off the yeah. bat. Yeah. The, we saw the address letter. We have found out things as well. We have a. Uh, we know what this what this pearl is, and he sort of points at. Uh, at I don't. Uh, you have it, right, Cloak? Don't you have the pearl? Because you have it in yeah. the little vial. Yeah, it's like frozen over. And I was like, only yeah. Carl can touch it because we're going to get sick. <laughs> As his mouth is covered up by cane. <laughs> He's kind of it hoisted off, like... the, off the ground a little bit. Mm. Well, it sounds Legs like so we need to gather everyone together, maybe get a little sobered up. I'm talking to the owl. Maybe sober them up. <laughs> uh, you look like you could use a map. It is daytime. You will find you a dark spot. And uh, get ready for a uh, a hunt. This evening, won't that be fun? It'll be a hunt. I'm gonna have to push through. Um, if I stop now, it'll just get worse. So, uh, if somebody has, I don't know, some kind of toilet cleaner around, anything, honestly, will will do if there's not alcohol. And I'll just keep myself going, topped up a little bit, uh, and um, a couple of sips throughout the day, and we'll be fine. At that, Can- I would like to hand red and cloak. And I will look at him, and I say, Cloak promised free drinks. And I just dump Cloak on Reardon. I'm just like, you fucking, you promised free drinks to Reardon. He did. He did Reardon, Reardon, Kane is upset because his twin brother Thrick didn't bring him eggs yet. This, you just what? call, my, you just call Thrick my brother. Yeah, your twin brother. This is a brawl now. This is straight up a brawl. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, no. So, so there's now 
dust cloud uh, over on the corner that is uh, sort of a, a, a scrapping and and grappling. With clo- with cloak like backing up the dust cloud. Yeah, like Kane's fighting himself, and it's very much a cartoon moment where he's just like yeah. looks at his watch that doesn't exist, and he's like, "Okay, um, all right, uh, well, I'll go buy some tricks here, then." Okay, good. So, Riodan, is your plan to uh, just push straight through, not sleep, and uh, and make it okay. all the way till midnight? Okay. If I stop now, <laughs> I'm afraid the cumulative worse. hangover will kill me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, okay. So the plan is to keep a steady, manageable stream of alcohol flowing into Rio Den so he doesn't crash all at once. Um, anybody else have any plans for the day? Uh, Kari, you at this point have probably finished your reverie, and uh, you probably spent most of the evening sort of reliving those uh, those those warm, faithful memories that you drank in the wine at Winter's oh, Kiss. Absolutely. And, uh, and your entire body feels warm and rejuvenated and and just more alive than you have felt in a long time uh, in the wake of that and, and sort of and sort of uh, and it just the drinking the the warmth of human or mortal emotion it quickens you and then you kind of relive that for for those hours and you you kind of live through this person's memories during your reverie uh, that night so it's a it's a very interesting experience and um, very centering and rejuvenating. Uh, Glass at the Hedgehog will basically tell everyone in minute detail um, his uh, talk with uh, Master Diviner uh, Thrace 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 uh, uh, Master Diviner Rudwin Whitstone. Whitstone, golly, sorry, uh, with uh, Master Diviner. Uh, uh, Whitstone and uh, about how he talked about possibly joining the college and how excited he is and won't it be great? I mean, he's like the he's like the typical freshman who just thinks that college is going to be the most exciting, best thing that has ever, 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 ever happened. Um, you have no idea. It's like they think that I could be very good at this and that, that perhaps with my ley lines and that I have a natural ability and that I'm already in, in tune with all of these things and now I'm hearing this violin because there is this ley line. So yeah, he's going on about all that. Okay, uh, and you are doing this talking with pretty much anyone in the Hedgehog who will listen anyone to you. Got it. Got it. Uh, all right. Pretty so much. over the course of the day, uh, does anybody have any very specific preparations that they want to do? I know that there's research happening that's going to be happening over the course of a few days. We'll get to the results yep. of that. Uh, once yeah, exactly. We, I was going to say you know I'll be. Um, any is there anything I have to? Sorry. Is there anything I have to do with uh, Paula Everforge? Uh, I don't think so. I think you guys were all set. Um, I think. Okay, so uh, Puff Puff guy's armor. Oh yes, 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 yes. Uh, you can go okay. and pick that up today. Uh, They—that's really—that's something that they almost have in stock that she could get, uh, and then make sure that it is fit for Puff Puff. So Puff Puff now has a set of—I believe it was studded leather barding. Is that right? Is that mm-hmm. what you're getting for? Yes. Okay, so that's, what, that's, that. that's what I bought. Good, and good. Already... Uh, so. Sorry, she what? finished my hooded lantern for the uh, for the flame, yes, correct? Yes, yes, she did. So yeah. I have that. The uh, yeah, the heart of flame is in your hooded lantern, and so you can you basically have what is essentially a continual flame hooded lantern. So it works just like it. You can crank it from you know the, yeah. the different illumination modes just as normal. Uh, and just remember that it's a very deep sapphire blue uh, flame that never goes out. 
doesn't need any mm -hmm. fuel, and it does produce heat, so it will burn shit. Yeah. Um, unlike a normal continual flame. Uh, so, right. a Blink Dug, the Puff Puff, she has a an armor class of that is uh, not dependent on the natural armor, so everything is to the good here. All right, so her armor class increases to 15 when she is wearing her bardic. Nice. Yay. So I will make a note of that, uh, just in case that comes up. <laughs> just um, in case. Question. Uh, uh -huh. What is the uh, the Brewer's Sisterhood? Is that somewhere I can leave Riordan while going to get this armor? Uh, I'm sorry, where, what are you leaving? Sorry? Uh, where, the where Brewer's are you trying to leave Sisterhood? Oh, the, In oh, the Market the District? Right. Uh, is, is that like a guild or a tavern? That, I believe, is a guild. Uh, I will have to double check real quick. I mean, if you want oh, to find a like tavern to leave him at, you can actually do that. Well, I think at this point you could leave me anywhere. Like, I'm, I'm, I just need to sit somewhere and just like a steady IV drip of alcohol and I'll end it and safe. He's not going to move anywhere. Well, there is there's number six, which is the, the Grey Fr uh, Friar Tavern. I would leave you there. And like put like a gold on the counter because I imagine buying right. drinks is cheap. And being like, just keep his glass full, and I'll be back. And then I just walk off <laughs> uh, to uh, uh, Paula's Forge. Okay, well that'll that'll work. Um, I want to hunt my friends that? down in my own little mini game of trying to find them. Uh, okay. I'm excited. <laughs> Well, you're in the Collegium District, and Glass is at the Hedgehog, which you've heard about and him talk about. So you're going right, to so yeah, find I, pretty quick. Yeah, you can find Glass basically immediately. You head straight to the Hedgehog, and there he is. You can hear him uh, before you even open the door. So you can you can link up with him there. Uh, I'm as I hear him opening the door. Ari smiles and gives a sigh. You can almost hear Cloak's voice in the back of her head of. Why do we even bring glass along in stealth missions? <laughs> and I open the door, uh, looking around for him, seeing him. I scryed up to him. Big smile on my face. You probably haven't seen Kari this exuberant ever. She's been very straight and narrow, I guess is the best way to describe it. If uh, if Shadow Fae could glow, she would be doing it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, glass is. Uh, probably just chased off the most recent group of people from their own table, having told them stories until they were actually literally had to just get up and leave him. And, uh, <laughs> and he, he sees Kari, he goes, oh, there is my good friend Kari. Hello, how are you doing? What is wrong with your face? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, as a player, oh, I'm laughing, but Kari kind of Sours up for a moment. Oh, she realizes oh, that, yeah, yeah, that's better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We must. You are. We must speak immediately, and it is of great importance. And Glass, you may be one of the most important wizards ever to grace the land of the shadow. And she starts stammering in the same way that Glass would when she's trying to talk. Do you have a room somewhere we? Oh my! Oh my goodness! Privately? Kari, are you excited? And happy? Yes. <laughs> this is the most wonderful And he like puts his arm around and tell me, tell me, tell me all about it. And I take her over to like a uh, to like a booth, if there is okay. one in. Okay. Uh, I, you drink wine. I, he would know that. He would remember what you drink. No, you don't drink. 
Uh, no, Kari does drinks, not drink. Just, yep. She drinks right. water. So, uh, yep. So uh, and then I uh, was going to have one character that uh, didn't drink for once. So yep, no, I so, reach uh, in and I pull out the gold coin and I slide ups. it across the table to you, knowing, of course, that uh, since it's magical, you will immediately be interested. And I'll give glasses momentary time to look at it, inspect it in the way that he does. Oh, yep. Yeah, so uh, I will I order her water. I will get a mead, as I'm a mead drinker. Sure. And uh, we'll do a uh, identify on it, to, or I guess uh, first do detect magic on it, just to sort of so, see. Uh, or... you, can tell, you can tell at first that it is not, um, it, you know, it, it isn't enchanted specifically. It's not a magic item. Uh, right. But I would say that you do recognize it as that strange gold that occasionally gold. you find shadow, you shadow fake coin is minted in. Or shadow fey jewelry, or just gold objects have been have been cast or forged from. Uh, so yeah. this is gold mined in the depths of the shadow realm. Yeah. And Glass's eyes just get so wide. He goes, "Oh, where did you get this? Where did you get this? And look, it is the seal of Zobek, and it is the seal of the it is the seal of the shadow of the shadow court, isn't it? Isn't that the the yes. is the seal of the shadow court? Yes, this is the seal. This is the seal." Of Lord Felmandrin, and he wants you, Glaz, you specifically, as a leyline geomancer, to accept why the Shadow Roads are no longer working. Wait, 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 I know about this. I, well, I know a little bit about this, because I can hear it. I can hear it, but I couldn't hear it before. You don't understand, now I hear the violin, but I did not hear the violin before, because the Everforge, I was talking, to, oh, I'm sorry, talking to Master Diviner. We were in there, we were talking, and I was explaining our entire trip. And the the ley line that was being used at the Everforge that connected everything up and with the city of, of Brass, it was a tributary. A tributary of the Shadow Road. Like, not just the Shadow Road, but the Shadow Road. And it had diverted it. It had blocked it. That's why mm-hmm. I couldn't hear it before. Now I hear it. Zobak, you should always be able to hear it because it is a giant, colossal, giant, giant, colossal uh, uh, shadow world. But see, it had been it had been blocked, and it has something to do with what was happening at the Everforge as well. Did I get all that right, Dan? More or less, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, it's glassified a little bit, but yeah, that's 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 you know you know information. It's glassified information. Yeah, do you have do you have glassified clearance? Uh, it's we don't have a huge amount of information on what was going on, but that's that's pretty close. Yeah, yeah his understanding of what was happening, and probably with some glass embellishment as well. Um, so, so uh, having looked at I it, feel, you I know feel that like the, the, the conversation gets louder, and then both get louder and like right, the right, right, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. The the levels the levels sort of have a a wave to them. <laughs> uh, so you know that the Shadow Road Ley Line should be one of titanic strength, and you know That's that it. it runs through several um, several cities and and you know points through the Iron Crag Mountains, uh, and you know that the um, it runs through the uh, the edge of the Margrave down to Zobek, and particularly it passes right through Castle Shadowcrag to the north. So you'll see. Uh, is... However, right now, I would say it is definitely not at titanic strength. It's probably only at weak strength right now. But it was which not existing really, before. Which is really odd, though. For some, again, it's little, that whole idea. A little odd, yeah. 
someone who has been and the, the big thing we learned is that someone who has been harnessing a, a ley line can cause it to move the use of a ley line will cause it to drift if, right if a ley line is very heavily tapped generally it'll right. take more than just one person doing that to really right. cause it to but but the more you tap a ley line the more likely it is to shift right so somebody somebody somewhere is tapping the shadow road a titanic ley line to such an extent that it is shifting it is moving out of position that is a big deal as we like to say in the wizard school a really big deal or at least ebbing much harder than it usually does to it's ebbing much you know harder basic than it it's, it, it's basically just it's a like trickle a now where it should be a flow yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's if like more the than status low of this if we return the status of the ley line not only you but i will be brought to great ascension amongst my people i have no care for gold or material in this world but to serve my queen there is no higher honor how, we how is this happening? She says, grabbing Glass, like suddenly, like expecting him <laughs> to have an answer. Like, explain to me how this. How can we fix this now? Well, there, there are books. I've read, I've read books. Um, and I can, can't. I mean, in general, Glass would have studied what higher level geomancers can do, right? You have some idea, yeah. There are those who are like me, who are very studied. I mean, perhaps. I don't sure if, I'm not even sure if one good person could do it ever, even if they were very, very adept. I think it takes, well, you remember we saw the runes, and I sort of take off my, uh, you know, the, uh, my the skin. skin that has yeah. some of the runes on it that I was able to uh, utilize with Paula to uh, actually. So if, I'm going to come around the person, side of the booth so I can step aside him yeah. and like see everything properly. Not that she really up. understands a lot about magic anyway. Yeah. Well, you'll see. If you don't have a person, you can put these runes, and it will hold things in place, hold them open. So perhaps you have someone of very good strength, very big strength, bigger than me, uh, someone very well studied, and using runes and sigils and placing them, and so they are tapping it and tapping it and tapping it and tapping it. And so what's happening is, is it is ebbing far, far lower than it ever should. It's like super low tide instead of like a high moon, a super high tide. It's a super low tide. Like it was already gone. It was completely gone. And now it's back a little bit. So we hunt and kill the people with the runes and restore the Shadow Road. Kari says not understanding at all. <laughs> I'm not sure if that is, you completely understood what I was telling you. But it's, well, we information. You are correct. We need information. Where are the others? Um, they were starting fights. Kane, Kane is probably passed out in whatever booth Glaz was initially talking in. Like, yeah. oh, like, <laughs> like, 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 oh wait! He's right over there! And I'm just telling the stories about how many people I beat, like, I personally beat up. <laughs> you personally <laughs> beat down at the Wee Chief last night, yeah. Kane, 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 Kane is going well, for like the intimidating... Yeah, Kane is doing the intimidating strider, kind of sat quietly in the corner, looking menacing. If you get too close, you occasionally you just hear. Yeah, he is just passed out. Yeah. Kari's shoulders slump disappointedly because she really wants to get on the road with this. Let us go and find them. Round them up. 
we have, right. we have so, so you look over at Kane, he's, he's passed out sitting up, looking, you know, brooding and menacing with his hood pulled low. You occasionally hear the snoring coming out. And in his lap, you can see if you kind of move around closer, you can see Whisper there, sort of with his head tucked under his wing asleep as well. Mm, take my water and splash it on them. Oh, shit. Kane, you, uh, you, you snap to readiness as, uh, as tiny little... I, uh, I, I, little throw, I like throw the glass across the room, so like, wasn't me. Tiny little icy darts and arrowheads spear into your face. <laughs> and you you start to, to battle readiness and kind of... Yeah, Kane like... Knock nice into the out. table yeah. and... Yeah, <laughs> and like knife out in the corner, like almost like, like, almost sort of like pinned in the corner, like blade at the ready, but probably slightly at an angle, still not very with it. Like slowly wipes away like a filthy hand of like dirt and mud and grime, sweat. It's kind of stained the water on his face and glares at everyone. Like everyone in this pub is now fair game, making <laughs> Kane's eyes. Uh, Wakes up. So all of all of the talking kind of goes silent as this happens, and you can hear the uh, the kind of uh, the, the the heavy thunk of the table that as he sort of upended as he jumped up to his feet, and uh, Whisper got flung off of his lap, and it sort of clawed his way up to the back of the uh, uh, up onto the back of the the booth, and has his wings kind of half furled and is is like. <laughs> is is half leaned forward and his neck is sort of stretched out and his eyes have caught the light and are gleaming and he's making this strange hissing sound. <laughs> I'm hissing uh, it down. Don't you fucking dare. Don't you dare. So uh, uh, after, you know, after a moment and Kane doesn't, uh, Kane doesn't jump out and start slitting throats, everybody just kind of goes back to their drinks and their meal <laughs> and, the, and the conversations slowly start to pick back up. And Kane, you can see an empty cup sort of rolling conspicuously to a stop amidst a, a, a small puddle of water in the center of the common room. Have I have I had rest? Uh I mean, not really at this point. Like you, you probably want to find a place to go and rest at this point if you're going to. But uh, yeah, no, no, I mean, you've maybe you've maybe been asleep for an hour at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Glass was talking. It's got to have been an hour. Like, uh, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I, uh, I, I, I get up and I'm gonna sort of like pull myself out of the flotsam and jetsam, glaring at everyone, and stand up and like beside them, just what? If you would like yeah. to go have a nap, you can go sleep over at our uh, our little our, our, our room that we have just around the corner from here. Don't kill the Mrs. Our landlady. There's a bed there. She makes good pancake pancakes. I look at Carrie. We have an important. I cannot go. And I have been sent by my emissary to find out what is going on. There will be great reward. And women. <laughs> I throw in the end, trying to like say anything that will end. Like Cain licks his fangs for a moment and points to Carrie and just says, 
Okay. <laughs> but if you ever chuck water at me again, I will close your shadow roads permanently. Okay. And I'm going to... <laughs> <laughs> What's me? As glass is still like pointing at me. Still, 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 still pointing at her. It was her. Yep. <laughs> she did it. I glare at glass, but at this point, I'm just so used to him being so openly honest and painful. Fuck house tonight. Very bright at that prospect. <laughs> Kane, Kane, like, staggers out of the hedgehog, just, like, done with the day. Kane's gonna go sleep <laughs> the fuck out. All right, I look no at problem. Glass, and, like, terrified to say, and the others? Uh, uh, Cloak! Cloak went to go get uh, some armor that he had ordered uh, from uh, Paula, Everforge, uh, and he took uh, Riodan with him. Uh, Riodan is uh, going to... Uh, Push on through, he said. <laughs> I'm sure it will be fine. Harry <sighs> kind of mulls over how angry this makes her because she's energetic and ready to go, and her companions are fucking trash. Um, <laughs> well, useless. Ah, oh, We're standing at the, we're at the booth, and I sort of, as she's getting all excited, I was like, well, remember, and I pull open the blinds and let in a big shaft of sunlight. Oh, oh. Okay. We, we probably should wait till later, yes? We could go back to Miss Kettle Whistle. Miss Kettle Whistle. He makes a lovely uh, mutton lettuce and tomato with the tomatoes are nice and perky. Mm. I kind of crinkle my nose at the... Um the food of this realm. Uh, for once, Glass, I think that is a good idea, because I believe that you have much to tell me, and I have much to learn about Geomans. Oh, I have so much I can tell you, and I would think at that point I'd put my arm around her and we hop up. Again, and... my shoulders drop, but she just keeps saying in the back of her head, part of your mission, you're on the hunt, you're gathering information to find the enemies, and just listens to the droning of her dear friend. Oh, and I tell you at some point all about my experience with the um, the memory drink because... Oh, yeah, so he would be fascinated. He actually would shut up while you tell the story. <laughs> I, yeah, I would go into full detail and you would just see again the more smiling from Kari, more happiness, that kind of warmth of the memory washing over her, and she would just look at you almost doe-eyed at the end of it, kind of like a final, the end. You know? Alright. That was a really good story. Okay, so, uh, so you relay all of the events of Winter's Kiss and all of that goodness to him. Uh, various people are either maintaining their current state up until the, uh, to the dark hours of the night, or sleeping off the, the previous night's debauchery and revels. Uh, in the meantime, oh man, we need to we need to get the cloak back. But I'll we'll go I, ahead. And, I do uh, want to say that his pose is just 
10 out of 10. Though. His, uh, yeah, his... Please meme this. I need so his... many screenshots and memes of this all over the internet by tomorrow morning. Yeah, McLuhan's freeze frame game is on point. So I, I actually wasn't sure for a while. It was like 20 seconds. I'm like, no, he's just holding it. And I thought I saw his eye move. And I was with like five minutes. <laughs> no way is he holding this. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I apologize for the lack of Kari voice tonight as well. That's all right. My illness you're, oh, we're happy you're here. Do what, yes. do what you, do what you got to do. We got to have a, we got uh, to have a glass and Kari moment. This was wonderful. Right. So, uh, a little bit of, a little bit of bookkeeping as things are going on. So you guys have done great service to Paula Everforge, who is a well-known, well-respected, uh, Smith in the gear district. Uh, and over the course of that and a few days, coupled with Kari now essentially being a representative of Winter's Kiss. Now that's not really becoming common knowledge, so to speak, but you have the seal. You've, first of all, you've been part of this crew and uh, word will start to get around that you are associated with the embassy. And so people who are connected to that are going to start taking notice of it as well as glass you are going through the process of uh basically becoming a, a member of the arcane collegium so mm -hmm. over the course of all of the stuff you have done and are doing everyone's status is going to increase by one with the exception mm -hmm. of glass and Kari's, who are each going to increase by two so glass your status is now three nice Kari, your status is eight whoa i see Cloak status is seven. And if only that mattered to Kari in the slightest, <laughs> because well, give a damn you know, about the material of this world. Here's well, what Kane's, Kane's is nine and Riodan's is six. Uh, so yeah. you may not care about this. This doesn't necessarily come with uh, with wealth or riches, but what it comes with is respect and the ability to open yeah. doors that you might not have otherwise been able to open. And a lot of this will translate into how the Shadow Fae at the courts will see you. I mean, if you guys were to go and try and get an audience at the courts of the Shadow Fae, you would find it, and, and you would know this, Kari, you would find it a deserted, you know, I, I was going to say, I, I love that place. Because the illusion is so, it's the best defensible thing I've ever heard. And you go into a palace and it looks like there's nobody there. And then there's all this open space and that there's just an illusion. And they can pop out at any second and just fucking murder you. It's brilliant. But you're, but you're not worth it. You're not worth yeah, it. They won't even give you the time of day. The, yeah. the, the key, the currency of that particular realm to opening that door is status. So mm -hmm. this is absolutely uh, a step on the path that she wants to take. Very much uh, so. So uh, that uh, taken care of as we go throughout the day. Um, let's see. I would like for Riodan to please give me a constitution saving throw. Um, <laughs> yeah, got this. Oh. Yeah, I'm feeling like shit <laughs> on a knife. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> How do, how do we do it? Oh, yeah, not not, not yeah. so great. All right, so so you are going to end up with a, a level of exhaustion by the time the uh, the evening rolls around because you've gone a whole night, you know, a whole, a whole day without sleep. Uh, right. You've been drinking. You've kind of been nursing some drinks all day long. Uh, so mm. you won't be poisoned anymore, but you will have a point of exhaustion. Okay. <clears throat> well, that's one thing. 
Yes. <sighs> All right. I have to do things uh, tonight. It sucks. This is the best yes, part yes. of adventuring. Doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh... Aha! Cloak has returned. It it's not. It's so it's a fucking internet thing. Uh oh, really? that's just my camera being a derp derp. Hold on, I gotta get oh. open this up. Okay. He found the uh, so, on the shadow road all by himself. Yes. Uh so, I'm in so the something, realm. something that you missed in the interim, uh McLeokin, is that Due to all of your guys' service to Paula Everforge in particular and her spreading the word of your deed, uh, as she mm. is respected and well-connected in uh, in many circles in Zobek, your status have increased. Uh, Cloak's status is now seven. Oh, yeah. What's up? What's... What, what is... Uh, what is a status? Like, how is, how is status ranked? Right, uh, so status, I had, where is it? I remember we rolled it, I got max roll, but since I'm a gnome, they're like minuses. You had, a, like, yeah, you had a, you had a ding. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, the gnomes of Nimheim are sketchy. Uh, all right, so status, the way it works is it's a numerical scale starts as zero. Zero would be the equivalent of a slate. Um, it is just a, it's sort of a, a rough gauge of your social standing. How you're viewed by by general populace, how you're viewed by the people in power, and so it really kind of changes how people who matter will treat you and deal with you, or how you know uh, the the lower rungs of society will treat you and deal with you. Uh, the higher your status, the more likely you can be to uh, wrangle favors out of more connected, more higher ranked, uh, more powerful people. Like you guys just can't go and request an audience with the uh, with the mayor of Zobek and expect to be let in, right? You have to have mm -hmm. clout, right? Otherwise, oh, well, of course, uh, uh, her honor can uh, perhaps pencil you in sometime two months from now, you know? <laughs> it's that sort of deal. But if you're someone who's yeah. important enough, you can get those doors open. Uh, so to give you just kind of a gauge, uh, three is the rough equivalent of a peasant or farmer, a laborer, or your average um, raven folk. <laughs> so Glaz has, uh, has stepped Glass. up quite a bit from, say, a bond servant or a dwarven thrall under the mountain, which is where he was sitting before. Um, Kane, at this point, who is somehow the most respected out of all of you, and I would say that Kane's status probably uh, stems more from a sense of Fear <laughs> of, of in, it's it's a lot of infamy, particularly in criminal circles. People have heard Kane's name; they they know his description, and a lot of the the kind of rank and file scum know that they want absolutely nothing to do with him. And the higher ups know that if they need something done, they can probably hire him. That sort of thing. That's where that's where his mm -hmm. status comes from. He's sitting at a nine right now, so he's sort of the uh, the general level of a master merchant or where your your average paladin would sit. So he's kind of like your your underworld paladin, <laughs> if you want to. You're if you a basic that. paladin, Kane. Yes. Well, Pumpkin I like because I also I also just got the new Zobek uh, Zobek Scout here. feature. That's oh, Zobek me, Scout, yeah. Yeah, that's given me the uh, ability to <laughs> basically say I know a guy. It's the yep. urban ranger equivalent of like find like a specific thing in the wild. It's find something at a marketplace or like you know a guy who can hook you up with whatever so it works perfectly 
and you just sort of magically tune yourself to the pulse of the city and be like, we need to find some contraband. All right, I can I can figure out if it's here and track down where it might be. Yeah, it's gonna absolutely. be a good night. Yep. 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 Uh, so that's uh, that's your general uh, thing. It's in it's in the Midgard World Book uh, in the, the like the first chapter, page twenty something, I think. If you guys want to look at the status chart and, and see where you sit, um, there will be various places where if you want to say like if you wanted to go and get an audience at uh, at Winter's Kiss, you'd probably need relatively higher status, or you might not even be able to find the door. Um, uh, so uh, that, that's that's the sort of thing that status will do for you. It, it changes how the world sees and reacts to you as your status rises or falls. And, you know, if you guys get caught doing shady shit, your status can indeed drop, where uh, people who might once have done business with you have now realized, there's some stink sitting on this person that I don't really want anything to do with. <laughs> so... Um, Right. Uh, so if there's no other uh, particular preparations you guys want to do, we can move forward to the evening as you guys get ready to head down into the cartways. I was just going to suggest that Cloak, we give uh, Kari the Shadow Pearl. I think she's the only person who can actually effectively use it. Yeah. And whatever that did. Wait, did Cloak see Kari yet? Um, oh, yeah. Was uh, was Tia not here for that when we figured out? The- I, yeah. it, oh, yeah. No, I do not recall any shadow girl. That sounds yeah, it's the, it's the so if thing you, that yeah, if you remember, right. you guys found this little pearl in the clearing in the Margrave Forest when you guys were uh, helping out the Alcide, and it was letting off this sort of black shadowy vapor that was spreading out uh, around the place. So you guys have identified it. It is a uh, a wondrous item that you can uh, use it while holding the pearl to cast the compulsion spell. The spell centers on the pearl instead of you, and for the duration, the pearl leaks liquid shadows that fill the area within 30 feet of it with dim light. Uh, And it can't be used again until the next dusk. So uh, you can cast the spell compulsion, which I believe uh, causes people in the area to, you can kind of force them to move uh, in a direction that you choose kind of against their will. So, so you uh, you beguile them with these shadows and play with their senses and, and kind of twist their perception. So was I misunderstanding that it needed to be a shadow fae to use it, or could anyone use it? Anyone can use it. Oh, okay, cool. Are we giving it to Kari? Is that... Well, I, uh, I yeah, I mean, I'm that, that's what we had decided. Anybody can use, if anybody can use it, you guys can hang on to it, but if you guys want to give it to uh, me, then I'll take it. And I guess we'll we'll do a quick uh, quick reminder. You guys also found a little uh, gemstone vial that had uh, a strange liquid in it that I believe was very hot to the touch. Uh, I thought that, I had brought that with me and put that on the table with the letter. And he, and, he told and you he'd he it told back you, to me. Yeah, he told you to keep it. Uh, that is the magic item, a memory filter from the Midgard World Book. So uh, mm-hmm. just to remind you guys uh, about that. I do not have any of my resources uh-huh. on me. I apologize, but uh, that's all right. Out. Has Cloak seen Kari yet? Uh, uh, we would have gone back to the yeah, Stokes um, I presume, to look for. Um, oh my God! What is your yeah, name? Oh, oh, oh. Rioden. It's been a few weeks. Sorry, Rioden. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> well, we're, we're at the great the, the gray fire and he has endless drinks right there right now. So I don't know if he would right. leave. Or... I think uh, cloak, if you return to the um, to the collegium district, you'll find Kari and Glaz who are just deep in all kinds of 
excited conversation. And over the course of the day, you guys can all kind of reconvene and meet back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We can all head to the self okay. scabbard to get Kane. So he would see Kari happy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, Kari would be like pretty much giggling, talking, glass and her maybe like excitedly holding hands every now and then and like stickering and like almost like she was drunk, honestly. Laz, this is an imposter. We must do away with it. Oh, no, it's her. I promise. <laughs> she sees you and her face oh. dowers immediately in that same kind of back and forth. Uh, but she does wink at you in a playful manner for the first time, like, ever. Oh, my goodness. I know the face thing. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of disconcerting at first, but you get used to it. I thought she's been replaced. She's like stares at her. <laughs> Okay, uh, so I don't remember. Do you guys recall which memory filter you had? Uh, I just wrote out memory filter. Okay, I believe it was youthful joy. Um, I don't remember if that's correct or not. So the way this works is as an action, you can open the stopper and pour the the contents of the, the file onto the ground. And you can affect a creature within 30 feet of you, your choice. Uh, if it's unwilling, it can make a wisdom saving throw to resist the effect. However, Youthful Joy, uh, the target regains 3d8 plus 6 hit points and removes one level of exhaustion. And that is a, now is not the time to crap out. That is a one use. Oh, wisdom. Uh, however, the, the, actual, the actual file can be reused if, someone, if you find someone who knows how to distill a mortal memory into a memory filter. Okay. So I can put it on the ground for 30 feet, save and throw wisdom, and they can regain one point of exhaustion, and you said 3d6 something? 3d8 plus 6 hit points. So it's an, basically it's an action, yeah, an action, pick a target within 30 feet, 3d8 plus 6 hit points, and removes one level of exhaustion. Nice. And that's a okay. one use. Shadow Pearl, memory filter, got it. Yep. And I uh, I will remind you that you guys also had a little packet in a in a leather pouch. It was a sealed wax paper packet. And inside, mm-hmm. I'm going to retcon the description a little bit because I found the entry that, that actually gives its description, which is a little counterintuitive to find. Uh, it Inside is a very, very fine granuled, almost fine-grained crystalline-like powder. Like, imagine extremely fine-grained sugar. Uh, mm-hmm. However, this is very mm-hmm. clearly not sugar. Uh, there, it has oh. not a sweet smell. It, it has a it has a very earthy, uh, spicy kind of smell to it, uh, and it is off white, and has kind of a gradient of color to it, ranging to sort of a drab tan with little tiny black flecks here and there. What, what's and the uh, guys... oh, like wizard sand? Cool. Very cool. I believe you guys had not quite figured out what it was, so. We What's had the not street value? You, so if you're low. looking for the street value on that, you're going to have to identify it first. <laughs> yeah. That was my question is, uh, could he, uh, Glass could have identified this over the course of the day, yeah? So I yeah, do I would have been the magical? It is not specifically a magic item, no. Does identify work on not magic? I, no, it only identifies I magic. So. If yeah. I attempt yeah. to taste it, does it taste good or bad? Are you, so you're going to, you're going to like... I put like, 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 like a teeny what, tiny little bit on gonna, my finger... And like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna wet your pinky and dab it. Yeah, and rub exactly. Some yep. See what happens? Give it yeah, a fantastic. Shot. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, it has a a very. Uh, it, it tastes very much like it smells. It has this uh, spicy overtone to it, with with a very earthy, 
you would say almost it, it, it reminds you of, you know, the very earthy kind of rich taste of a mushroom. Like imagine a dried mushroom. But with uh, but with a, a very spicy overtone, it's not it's not uh, exactly pleasant to taste, but it's not vile either. So you know, could be worse. Wouldn't I don't know if this... I think we had you guys make some uh, some intelligence checks way back, and nobody nobody pinged high enough to, no, to know. No, we what this we was. blew those. I remember that. Like yeah, yep. just... yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, I think I tried to taste it back then too, didn't I? I don't remember. Uh, I back then, I described I think, it as almost. I I, back, back then, I described it as almost like putty. So I don't know if you did. Uh, yeah, you did. It was like you licked the putty. Yeah, I licked the putty. Yeah, I am such an idiot. So sorry. Uh, this is this is not putty. Very very fine grained crystalline powder. Mm, like almost like nice. tiny tiny sugar granules. I'm sad anyway, how predictable so, I am. So those are things you have. Uh, and Kane, you would know that if this is something that it now it was kept in uh, a, it was very carefully sealed and kept. So clearly, the uh, the fellow that you slew who had this thing valued it highly. Um, perhaps it's some sort of rare spell component. Uh, perhaps it's uh, it's it's some other some other kind of esoteric or valuable thing. Um, if it is. Uh, along those lines, you might be able to find someone in the cartways who can tell you what it is, because they deal in freaking everything. Yeah, I will, like, Kane basically looks at it, ponders it for a moment, and then in that stereotypical Kane fashion, shrugs and says, I know a guy. <laughs> cool. All right. So, if you guys want, we can uh, we can move forward to the evening. If you have nothing else you want to do to, uh, to so, prepare um, it. So, uh, cloak. Do you want to keep the shadow pearl, or do you want me to keep it? Because I could use that to throw and cast a spell. Right. I can throw this pearl and use it basically to cast. A spell, I, right? I feel pretty happy about you hanging on to it. Honestly, uh, even the so, sand, the sand, to tell you the truth. Uh, but I, yeah. So you take the shadow pearl, the memory filter. The same. So someone, someone would potentially need to be close to. It. Here's what I'm thinking, Glaz. Like, if Glaz has it, it's not the greatest of range on it, so it's got to be close to people. And I'm just figuring if the enemies are going to be anywhere, they're going to be close to Glaz, because Glaz will just like walk into the middle of them. Like, what are we talking about? Okay, let's yes, we'll all have conversation. Yeah, so, yeah pretty I much. Like, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much on brand. Okay. Oh yeah. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay. okay so I have the shadow pearl. I have the shadow pearl, the drugs, and the uh, and the vial. <laughs> <laughs> He's just the mule. Yeah. I'm, uh, oh, he definitely is. Because he's just like he he can blag the. I didn't know what it was, officer. I swear, because right. everyone will believe that he has no idea. Has no idea. <laughs> I'm gonna. Um, uh, so so yeah, if you if you want to look up the compulsion spell, uh, yeah, Squall, you will, can check uh, that out to see what the uh, see what the shadow pearl does. And so, remember uh, that additionally, it uh, it creates uh, dim light within thirty feet of the pearl while it's active. Yeah. So while that's uh, all going on, Kane will like essentially not like Kane very calmly and methodically does simple stuff like uh, like cut nicks into his arrow arrowheads to sort of make them. A little bit more unpleasant, uh, and he just goes through like a ritual, like sharpening his blades and all sure. the stereotypical 
that equivalent of everyone cocking and getting as many loud noises out of their guns as possible uh, before uh, an extensive <laughs> thing. But as he like goes through a very meticulous preparation, um, he will turn to everyone and say, uh, "Remember, we need him alive." Okay. So, uh, if you guys are ready, you can head out. Oh man, have we? Uh, do we? Do we seem to have? Do we seem to have lost McLoken again? Oh no, he's there. He's I just, think. Is this not a candid? He's frozen. That's when I that's how <laughs> I <would agree. laughs> his his freeze frame is real, yeah. <laughs> um where where precisely are we going? Sorry is so, just so, pretty yeah. much following yeah. Glass in everything because that is who she has been told to work with. Kind of really doesn't give a fuck about Rusty right now because Glass is the key to figuring out the Shadow Road. So, uh, Kane will like bring you up to speed as you weren't there for uh, his drunken revelations, uh, and he will, um, yeah, he'll turn to Carrie and say, uh, We have a hunt. She kind of gives you a little up and down look, yeah. like, okay. He's like completely from last night being drunken and a mess and overly aggressive. Now he's completely cold and methodical and he says, uh, Vandessian Frick, leader of the Black Shields, the ones in the God. Not a nice guy, by all accounts. And you had thought it particularly wise. Well, we went hunting to cause such a ruckus, I say, gathering both of the damn fear in my eyes with a little bit of accusatory glance. <laughs> you're always complaining about Glass not being a stealthy one, but you're going around and he hasn't shit. Like, he looks at Carrie like, like a little confused for a moment, and then tentatively sort of says, You don't have any pre-hunt ritual. I am all the way on the hunt. There's no such thing as pre-hunt. There's no such thing as post-hunt. You, you mean before I was born? Because... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. And yeah, I guess we'll, uh, we'll head off. Okay. So uh, you know roughly where you need to be going. Uh, thankfully, between having dealt with the Cartways black market before, not recently, uh, before your time under the mountain, but uh, you also confirmed with Black Eye, the Cobalt Coachman, that the entrances that you knew to the uh, the, the black market are still uh, still valid, and you can find yeah. your way there. Uh, I so, like what? Like, yeah, go ahead. From from my understanding, like when we get there, like nothing's going to be in the same place, but there's only certain amount of places you can hide an entrance. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, it's possible that the black market might have moved uh, locations every now and then, but you, uh, as far as you understand, you have a beat on where it is, so you should be able to get there without too much trouble. So, uh, Kane leads you guys to basically an old warehouse in Lower Zobek, and inside the warehouse it uh, it looks pretty pretty abandoned. 
uh, it's kind of uh, kind of in a nastier part of town where uh, where some of the the buildings have gone to seed and haven't really been picked back up by anyone and have started to deteriorate a little bit. Uh, in this warehouse, you find yourselves to uh, almost like an office area where if this were a working um, a concern that was housing freight for for various merchants or whatever. This is where sort of the administration would happen. You find a uh, a door to a very cramped brick stairwell with kind of a arched vaulted ceiling leading down uh, into the infamous cartways that you guys have had some experience with uh, in recent recent times. You lead the way down into these sort of dank corridors that crisscross. Uh, all beneath Zobek. Uh, in some cases, even managing to cross under the rivers and connecting uh, different districts of the town together. Uh, although those crossings are rare and uh, somewhat dangerous if they ever get uh, in disrepair. Uh, it's it's not unheard of for such things to flood and, uh, and unfortunate results can can arise from that so you lead them down into the into the cartways and you follow a combination of memory and uh the uh, directions that you got from black eye uh you paid him well for his services and it looks like he gave you good information uh you guys are sort of on alert as you're passing through these tunnels as the last time you were down here you fought you know human cutthroats you fought uh strange cultists and that fellow that figure swathed in white linen that spoke words that seemed to try and undo reality around it. Uh, Major Jay, do you have something? Uh, Major yeah, Armor. Oh, yeah, sure. No. Uh, so he kind of he kind of stops, <laughs> looks around, picks up a piece of boiled leather, whispers a word, and then there's a blue shimmer around him as the, the, the force sets into place around his skin. I try to poke Laz just for a second to see if it uh, does anything afterwards. Zit. Yeah, yeah, you, you you poke at him and you can feel a little bit of a there's kind of like a, a reactive pushback when you when you poke at him and you see a little shimmer in the air around him. He's got a little little force field. Oif, oif. Uh, all right, so you guys you guys continue on the way and uh, you take a particular series of turns and you can see light up ahead, bright torch light. And as you continue, you find yourselves coming to what looks like a gate an enormous iron portcullis. And you can see that it is raised and standing on either side are two guards. Uh, they are quite frankly, kind of sorry looking. Uh, they're, they're both humans, um, uh, both human men. Uh, one is uh, just sort of leaning up against the wall and he has a spear just like, like held in his crossed arms. And he's just looking around kind of bored and he notes you guys coming because the uh, the corridor that you're in is brightly lit and he just sort of gives a low whistle to his buddy who uh, who looks over and kind of perks up a little bit but uh, I mean they're they're wearing armor but they're not wearing it very confidently or very comfortably and it's just sort of like Ugh, really like these these are the guys who are gonna protect the black market okay uh, and you can just hear noise echoing down the tunnel towards you that just you can hear just voices over voices kind of overlapping and blending and just reverberating down this stone the stone causeway hmm. i look to glass waiting for him to open his mouth as he always does actually deferring to, down here glass would defer to kane even in his curiosity especially because these guys look kind of shabby 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do not think that they ever want to talk to me. Mm. <laughs> I will always want to talk to you, Glass. Oh, aren't you nice? Kane is gonna, uh... Because yeah. I need you. <laughs> <laughs> Kane is gonna, like, head forward and, uh, see if they sort of step in his way. Uh, they do not. As you approach, they kind of eye you a little bit, and, uh, they note sort of your weapons and the way you're carrying yourself. They don't seem particularly surprised or put out. They just kind of note your presence and just sort of look it over at everyone else and their gaze. You can feel their gaze kind of sweep lazily across all of you. Hmm. Can I run a quick perception check to see if I notice any additional security down here? Sure. Other than the obvious sort of guys on the on the gate? Sure. Uh, go ahead. Make me a wisdom perception check. Or if things just gone that back in my day, ugh, <laughs> wouldn't have any of this. By the way, I'm back. All right, wonderful. Uh, I don't know if you caught the description, but you guys are down on the cartways. Uh, you are approaching uh, down a, a, a torch-lighted tunnel into a, a large iron portcullis gate that is raised and open with two very shabby, sorry, sad-looking uh, human male guards kind of watching you guys. And you know that the black market lies beyond, and you can just hear voices and sound kind of reverberating out. Uh, there's, you know, Imagine an underground marketplace or, uh, or a busy subway station. That's kind of what's what's uh, what's echoing out to you. Okay. Uh, the only thing uh, I would do in that moment when we're like going to the black market and on the way to the black market <laughs> is that I would have like tugged on glasses like cloak and been like you know like tell them like come down a little bit and I was like when we go to this place don't tell anyone you've been there. Very nods. Oh. Okay. No. No. No one at the Hedgehog, no one at the library, no one at the Collegium, because they may arrest you. <laughs> I I look I look at Glaz and like seeing like the alien nature of it all. I I I I point to the entranceway before we go down and say It's like the restricted section. And holy like, shit! Mad Wolf. Holy shit! Mad Wolf is the host. Holy shit! Welcome in, everybody. We got some Morphe love there in the chat. Mad Wolf is on the uh, uh, cast of Encounter Roleplay uh, oh, this season, starting this Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. The 400 people host. Holy mackerel! Welcome in, everybody. Wow! Thanks so much for joining in. Hello, if you want to follow the stream. Definitely hit the follow button because this Thursday, uh, Morphe can be oh, with us for the city of Mist. And I look awesome. like shit, and I'm in a hotel. And <laughs> I'm Morphe, there Wait, you go. Is that, is that the is that the one Meta Meta wrote? Yeah, the yeah, King's Meta's uh, the MC Ooh, nice. of King's Hustle. Thursdays at eight. I, I've I've been, been, uh, I I see the work in action when that's written, so mm -hmm. I'm just like, there's been a lot of heist movies, and I love it. <laughs> love it. Welcome in, folks. Play some D&D. All right. Uh, so, so how did you do on that there perception check, Kane? You got an uh, 11? An 11, yeah. Okay. Uh, so you do not notice any other imminent security sort of in this area. But you also know that there are four other main entrants into the Cartways Black Market. Okay. Uh, sorry. F sorry. Three others. Four total. Yeah, yeah. Four total. Okay, right. In which case, yeah, I'll head down. Uh, so it's and, possible uh, you guys are coming in in the low, low security section. Okay, all right. Because you certainly so, remember that this is not a place that you want to start trouble. 
Puff Puff is with Miss Kettle Bottom. Kettle Whistle. And yes, all right. Kettle so you whistle. left Puff Puff. Yes. <laughs> okay. Kettle Bottom. Every time. Every time. Kettle Bottom girls. I'm not always I had to. I'm sorry. I'm done. I, I, I don't. I'm terrible with names. I do it all the time. Um, okay. I, I'm not taking a blink dog to the fucking black market. <laughs> sure enough. <laughs> Why Fair do you keep enough. calling her Kettle Bottom? She has wide hips, but that is not her fault. <laughs> that, that's, you know, whatever. Kettle Pop. And those hips don't right. whistle. So, uh, so you, guys pass, <laughs> you guys pass through the open portcullis into the Cartway's Black Market. So the Black Market itself is kind of a just a long vaulted gallery. Um, it's punctuated with these enormous support columns that are uh, probably 10 feet on a side that go up to this vaulted ceiling. So uh, if you think like um, one of the like old time New York subway stations, sort of like the mm -hmm. one in uh, Ghostbusters 2 that they break down into where there's the, the oh, river yeah. of slime, imagine the like brickwork and those those vaulted sort of buttressed uh, ceilings. And so that that's kind of what you're dealing with here. Now it's all, it's all run down, it's grimy, it's dirty, but it's kept clear. And there are just people. Along both sides of the gallery are tents, and stalls and vendors set up and they're shouting and hawking their wares and there are people with uh, porters and bags of all walks of life. A great many of them are just shady as hell. You see people walking with, with hoods pulled low so that no one can see their face. Uh, you can see um, you see people who look like they must be part of a noble family just walking sort of haughtily like they own the place. Like, who cares if anyone sees me here? What are you going to do about it? scum and you see just kind of everything in between um in the sort of central area of the gallery the thing that kind of dominates the entire uh black market as a centerpiece is the slave block and slave pens there is a raised stage where they indeed buy and sell living people uh and uh you are not surprised kane but other people might be to see that up on the stage, the race stage right now, is a, a person who at a distance might pass for human, but as you pay any sort of reasonable attention to him, you can tell that he is most definitely not human, at least not anymore. He is uh, sporting the pallor of undeath, and the way he moves is just a little bit off. Like his joints don't work quite right. Like there's a little hitch in them, and he's wearing this uh, this black robe over armor that you can't really get a get a good look at. Uh, and his head is is bald or shaved. His eyes are kind of sunken into their sockets, and his mouth is too wide. The grin kind of goes up a little too far, and you can see just rows of needle sharp teeth behind his pale drawn lips and a long lashing tongue. The tip kind of snakes out past his teeth and, and just sort of laps at his lips between ta between his uh, his orders that he barks out to these thickly muscled guards, uh, other Darakul, uh, civilized ghouls like himself, uh, as well as uh, human and dwarf uh, sort of thugs following his directions and they seem to be moving some slave stock off of the, the raised stage back into some pens behind there uh so yeah there is a there is an undead darakul up there who seems to be running things and uh, it, it, as you recall kane um this guy you remember him so he was here the last time you were here oh. so he's been here for quite a while 
which means that he's probably not somebody to be screwed with. Okay, yeah. So, like, I'll take this in, realizing that, you know, there's some old faces are still around, and it's nice to see that the place... A few. Yeah, Kane kind of has that warm moment that uh, everyone else has kind of been to a place that, you know, is lovely, like the fuckhouse or the embassy or... But this is Kane. Like, Kane walks in, he's just like, honey, I'm home. Very happy to see, sort of maybe nodding to a few people he's worked with in the past uh, very discreetly. And um, I'm going to sort of find my way through leading... uh, leading the party and every now and again looking at Glaz and making it very clear that he needs to not be looking where he's looking right now. How quick does someone mark Glaz and just immediately start selling? I um, I don't know. Um, like how, how close attention are you paying to the vendors? How are you getting right up on them? Uh, there's there well, are people glass, selling, and it's, you described as their tents and all sorts of people and lots of things. And I am now going to enact the hand holding glass procedure. All right, so so uh, Kari grabs a hold of glass and kind of reigns him in. Yeah, can I tell you the parents with the leashes on the children? Like, yeah. Cloak would like uh, be uh, jumping up next to him, like shooing people away. Like, no, go. All right, uh, so a couple of other things you notice. There are indeed uh, more security the closer in you get. There are raised wooden platforms, most often near those those central support pillars uh, that run the entire length of this gallery. Um, And they're sort of, uh, they're like raised guard towers. And you can see that there are more solid, professional-looking soldier types up on those. And those sort of run the gamut. And you even see several Darakul up there as well. Um, and you can see that there are two gate entrances at either end of the uh, the gallery. You came in through one of them on the, uh, the east side. There was another gate on the east side. There are two gates on the west side. And you can see that there are guards on each of them. And they seem to all be from different organizations, if that makes sense. It's like uh, different groups that are at work here sort of put some of their people out to guard the various gates. So they're all kind of working together and no one group has full power. Yeah, exactly. Uh, You can smell food cooking. You see people, you see stalls selling almost like street food, Um, you know, food trucks for lack of a better, (laughs) like like of a better period term. Uh, And you can see some more permanent structures down on the Southern, uh, the Southern wall. Um, There are, uh, there's a rather large pavilion that has uh, a, like a sign shingle uh, out over the open front flap entrance, and it shows a purse that's being sliced with a knife and coins are spilling out of it. Um, that's not one that you recognize from your time. As well as uh, near that, you see a little, like, kind of a ramshackle building built next to it with two small, you would have guessed dwarves at first, but they're a little too small, and their skin is this pale, pasty blue with this shock of white hair, and their eyes are too large and just pure white. And they're, like, uh, going up to people who are wandering by, and they're, like, fawning at their clothes and arms and trying to, like, busk them into the building. And you can see sort of lean, kind of, like, leaning out of the doorway is, um, uh, is a young woman... Um, she would, uh, from this distance, looks human. Uh, she is not particularly clean or healthy looking, and she has kind of a 
affected sort of lascivious leer that she is addressing to the people that these little dwarf creatures are trying to beckon in. And she is very scantily clad, and you can see some bruises on her arm. Would I... Uh, I, I don't think I'm in the right area, but I remember this very, very clearly. Would this potentially... I'm guessing not after that last bit of description, but these guys wouldn't happen to be hairdressers, would they? Which sounds really bizarre to they are not. No, they are, okay. you're thinking they might be the, the, yeah, the yeah, barbers? Yeah. They are yeah. not. No, they are not yeah. gnomes. Um, they look like stunted dwarves, but they and they're wearing these black robes, um, and you can see one of them as they kind of uh, like reach out and tug at someone before they get shooed away. You can see along their arm, their forearm, are these just crisscrossed, almost like railroad track of old scars and fresh scabs. They're edge lords. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, I. So as we're walking through, like I imagine. Kane is giving Carrie like the uh, the lowdown of where things are. Um, I imagine Reardon's probably been here once or twice with me. I just imagine like dragging him They're down. Very good here quality. With... You know, when it depends he... what you buy. You know, you 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 get what you pay for with this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like the idea. Man. Like on Reardon's crazy nights out, eventually, like he pushes it too far, and Kane's like, "We're going to the black market," and like Kane takes it up a level uncomfortably so <laughs> right right yeah so uh, so there's all kinds of stuff here like i mean imagine something that somebody might be selling illegally it's down here um i mean all the way up to including flesh in the sense of prostitution which is probably what's going on over at that little ramshackle hut as well as flesh in the sense of actual slaves and the fact that darakul seemed to be running the slave auction is a little bit spine chilling because you can probably guess what happens when slaves get sold to a, a, a ghoul enclave. Yeah, I, uh, I'd kind of like to suggest the most terrible idea of splitting the party ever so slightly, uh, <laughs> just for a couple of minutes, because I'm if, thinking if you split the party in the black market. I want one Dampier with Glaz and I. If the two um, of you break up, there's I'm I'm okay with splitting the party, but if you leave me and Glaz and Cloak no, no, no. on our own down here, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was actually gonna say, uh, Reardon, uh, Reardon, Glaz, and Carrie um, go and see if you can get that powder identified. If I can, I find. Can I use my talent? Uh, I don't know about having right. somebody identify uh, something so... in the black market. Okay, so uh, so you want to find? What do you what do you suspect the powder is? I think it's a uh... spice. <laughs> I think it's cocaine. I think it's a component. Human people spice. I think it's a magical <laughs> component. I. I'm not taking any guesses because it's probably it's probably to do with magic or something, and I don't get. A so yeah, so like that. like what do you want to? You can use your Zobek, basically your primeval awareness, which yeah. with your pulse of the city. But you need to kind of give me a category of what you're looking. Yeah, no, for. no. So, so are I'm, you looking for? Where I'm is thinking, gold yeah. on the fantasy grounds character sheet? Sorry, I'm having issues finding it. It's your inventory. Inventory, okay. 
I keep track because I still haven't uh, figured out the fantasy grounds one, so okay. I, I keep track. Kari has no gold apparently, which makes sense because she hates gold anyway. That doesn't make sense. Okay. You guys no, you, up you should have gold, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I figured out. Gem- I have the twenty gems. I know they have twenty gems of fifty GP value that I hid from the party. Uh, sorry We've been guys. splitting the gold evenly, so... Yeah, but I kept the gems for myself because I like gems more than I like gold. Okay. Right, and I kept that secret. <laughs> right, and I lied to everyone. Mm. Yeah. I, uh, I think... So what, yeah, I... I well, well, I'll put it to the party that, uh, it, as I mentioned, I know a guy. He's down here. We could take him a, a taste as it were, um, and uh, you guys, I'm thinking, yeah, Reardon, Glaz, and Carrie, go see my guy, see if you can identify what this thing is, and me and Cloak, uh, see if we can get a bead on where uh, Brick is. Uh, Brick, you got Brick. his name right. Brick. 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 The Trent brother. So are you, uh, I will leave are you, you down here. Yeah, yeah. So what are you, you looking for? Are you gonna are you gonna try to use your primeval awareness to locate somebody who can tell you something about this stuff? Yes. I'm are you gonna I look for him? I'm gonna give um pain just a little bit of the substance so that people think that he has it on him instead of Kari having it on her. I was Alright, so you wanna you wanna kinda open the pouch and give him a little pinch of it or Yeah, something like that. So that like I don't know, I just... Car's very concerned about getting jumped in the black market well, how for about, any valuables. How, how about I take the actual pouch and you take the taste and go see my guy, because that way you don't have the full lot on you. Okay. Great. Kari yeah. is a shrewd negotiator. And uh, So, uh, if, if you're remembering correctly, Kane, there used to be a kind of an operator down here. A guy who was sort of into everything. Um... <laughs> but not necessarily directly affiliated with anyone officially, but you suspect some unofficial connections. Uh, it's yeah. another Darakul. Um, he didn't deal directly with the guy running the, the slave market, but he seemed to be kind of the go-to to find whatever you need. If he didn't okay. have it, he maybe knew where to get it. Uh, and that guy's name was Radu. Uh, Radu. So you, if, if he's still around, that would be maybe your best bet for getting getting your bearings. Okay, I'll I'll make I'll I'll try and make into introduction. So I'll find someone who probably one of the guards, one of the, one of the dark wall guards, and I will oh, okay. approach one of them. And uh, okay, sure. So uh, you approach this uh, this dark cool woman, and unlike the the slovenly just sort of sad sacks that you saw on the uh, the entrance yeah, portcullis when you guys came in, she is standing ramrod straight, and she is wearing uh, this armor that is uh, kind of like um, it looks almost like Roman segmentum armor, and it has a, a helmet with sort of these heavy side pieces and a plume uh, like a comb plume running down the back. And she has a, a short sword belted at her hip and a halberd held in her hand, like an honest-to-God frickin' halberd. And she sort of snaps her, her beady eyes over to you as you approach. And she, you can't really tell if it's a, a smile or a sneer, but something happens to her face. 
and the the tip of her long, round, snake-like tongue kind of darts over her lower lip as you approach. I like completely. I'm I'm used to dealing with these guys. That you know, the bark is worse than a bite. I tell you. Did you see these needle sharp teeth? Sure, it is. Horrible. Sure, it is. There's somebody who's never contracted Daracool fever. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, I say, uh, what was his name? Re- Radu. Radu. I'm looking for Radu. She, uh, her eyebrows, what's sort of left of them, kind of the muscles above her eyes, mm-hmm. sort of lift a little when she hears the the grade of your voice, and she says, "Well, you're an interesting one. You're looking for Radu." She, uh, she like considers you for a moment kind of looks you up and down and then sort of juts her her kind of bony pointed chin over toward the uh, the northern row of stalls and says you'll find him over there at the open cafe looking for something to uh and she kind of leers at you again eat he like he weighs her up and so you kind of you <laughs> you kind of size her up, and you get the feeling that she's a legionnaire. She's she's one of the uh, one Ooh. of the Darakul Imperium Legion. Okay, in which Son case, yeah, yeah. So these guys, these guys ain't ain't fun. Um, no, not so much. Uh, no, um, and uh, I like. There's a moment I'm gonna shoot a glance to Reardon because Reardon like has a bad history with ghouls. From what I remember from your origin, you had a pretty nasty encounter with. Not such a fan myself. <laughs> I can kill her soon. Um, Who's with who right now? We're all together. Like I'm gonna go into everybody's. Her everybody's her all together. He kind of peeled off to go talk to. He kind of peeled off to go talk to that ghoul woman with the arsenal, and everybody. I mean, you could go up with him if you want, but I, I feel like he kind of approached her sort of on his own, but isn't leaving you guys I, behind. I'm listening to We're everyone covering. and making mm-hmm. sure Glass and buying weird things. <laughs> so it's like Kari's got a hold of Glass's wrist, and and Cloak is just sort of orbiting, pushing people away if they mark Glass as a sucker. The only come time up and try that Cloak him. and Kari have ever worked in tandem when it's uh, protecting Glass. <laughs> All right, so uh, so you you growl at her cane, and your and your your gravelly great depends what's on the menu. And, and she just kind of laughs at that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, le- leaving this sort of flirtatious thing behind. <laughs> Kane sort of, like, gives her a salacious look for a moment, and then uh, I will return and shoot them over towards the uh, the cafe. So he comes back <laughs> over to you guys, and you can see the uh, the ghoul legionnaire woman just sort of watching his back. As he uh, as he heads over to you, and until she finally tears her eyes away and goes back to what she was supposed to be doing, having fun. I I completely ignore Reardon because I know like I know this is going to be a sp- like we're going to have to talk about this later. This is going to be a whole it's like, span. It's one of those things where it's like yeah, I'm like, do you think she's pretty? And you know that if you answer <laughs> anything, like it's just bad. Just don't just don't involve. Just don't engage. <laughs> don't engage. <laughs> Don't encourage him. Do not feed him. Yeah. 
I'm just All I'm right, just so happy to come back and not see Glass wearing a cheap leather jacket and with four lighters <laughs> and a marijuana lollipop in his hand. Like I'm, it's all good as far as I'm concerned. And I'm success. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I turn, I turn and start heading towards, and I will mention the. There's a okay. cafe around the corner. Okay, so uh, you head over to that area, and you can see that uh, there are just cobalt scurrying about everywhere in this area and that you can smell you can smell the food cooking and you see that they are bringing out what looks like fresh steaming hot stew and they're serving it in what looks like mushroom caps that have kind of been hollowed out that are being served almost like think the equivalent of a bread bowl and they're mm. they're bringing that out to people Kari, for the first time on the surface, actually looks at food like it might be good and lets go of Glass's hand for a second. What what <laughs> what color? What color are the mushrooms? Uh, well, it looks like they've been cooked at least somewhat. So they have kind of this um, like a like a dark tan sort of sort of deal going on with them. Like imagine mm. if they were large, um, like bigger kind of rounder portobello mushrooms that had all the gills okay. and, and stuff scooped I'm out. I'm already making an sort actual of recipe for this bit. in my head. Yeah. This is a I'm, great idea. I love it. I, just because I, I want to get this jab in, I look at the I look at it and I look at Cloak and I'm like Yes you and the cobalts have more in common than you thought. I from <laughs> from before the break from before the break I want to use a Nat 20 for Glass to get a bowl of soup. Okay. I want to use a nat 20 to sleight of hand for him to buy that as Kari dropped my hand, it wasn't two seconds later, Glass oh, is okay. buying it. <laughs> yeah, All right. So the second the second she lets go, bang, Glass is gone. It's like it's like trying to take a toddler out to do anything. You take your eyes off him for a second and where the hell, right? Uh, and so you back finally find him, and he's over. The, yeah, you you track down one of the uh, one of the kobolds that has like, um, you know, like the little half aprons that a, a server would wear. It has one of those kind of slung over its shoulder like a bandolier, and you can hear some coins jingling in the in the uh, the pouch of the apron. And it uh, you kind of flag a, flag the the kobold down, and she stops and yes 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 what's around what 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 those what those so quick before they get to me again. <laughs> <laughs> and she uh, she kind of scurries off and uh, and comes back with a, a, a like really quickly. It's very quick, very efficient. It seems kind of chaotic that these kobolds are just sort of underfoot and everywhere, but they just glide around everyone uh, between tables, around patrons, sometimes between people's legs as they step, and they're just moving like clockwork. And uh, she comes back with a fresh, steaming hot bowl of soup in a in a mushroom cap. How much do I owe for it? Three copper. Three copper. Mm -hmm. uh, he gives her the three copper. And here's the question: Sure. How much? How much does he lose on top of that with having pulled out his 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 money pouch here down here? Everything right now seems fine. Everything's okay. Everything right okay. Let's check Because Glass does not know not to just take out his pouch and pay. We'll check in. We'll check in later. That's fine. Uh, yeah, you pay for it. You've got a you've got a a, a really kind of scrumptious smelling <laughs> soup. There's Ooh. meat and root vegetables, and it uh, looks like uh, you would guess beef broth. You're not really sure. 
Cool. I, I look like I'm about to be mad at glass, and then I'm like, I want to try it. <laughs> uh, yeah, anybody anybody who wants to get food, you can. The cobalt serve you quickly and efficiently, and uh, the food is, uh, you know, it's not it's not delicious, but it's good. It's good. Okay. Uh, as, burning than that twenty four. Yes, food. As Kane makes that quip at him and be like, "Well, the <laughs> well, girlfriend over that. there doesn't want to bite me back, so." Yeah. Hey, I, I shrug and just like, what's wrong with a girl who bites? I don't know, I'm just your brother. A, <laughs> remembering that, like, I'm going to cuff him around the ear and, uh, yeah, I'm going to try and um, find this uh, contact. That looks like okay, they all got so, there. So, yeah, uh, everybody, so whoever's eating stew at the, at the Cobalt Cafe, raise your hand for me, just so I can mm -hmm. see who's eating. Uh, Kari, Glaz, obviously. Anybody else? No. Yeah. Okay. Good. No. Uh, like all right. So <laughs> that's fine. Uh, you get um, you get a couple of looks, cloak, but actually nothing in the way of the animosity that maybe you expected coming down here. It's it's actually a little off-putting that they're being so neutral towards you. <laughs> you could just it you could all see his eyes narrow behind the dragon mask. <laughs> yeah, they might also not know I'm a gnome. Too so they can smell it on you, racist. <laughs> uh, if you want to try and disguise uh, what you are, you can make me a deception check and see how well you do. Um, oh, thank hey, you. That's a magic item oh, and a crit success for glass. Oh, okay. oh a magic item and a crit success. Oh, nice, nice, nice. I will Sweet. make a note magic item for glass. Cool, and I will put back my nat 20. Thank you so much. Um, I will, uh, I'll roll a deception, uh, and it's not going to be like, I'm trying to disguise myself, something, something else. I'm just trying to hide my just features. Trying to... Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, there we go. Uh, 17. Okay, very good. Uh, that is plenty to, so you don't even get any looks, really. Um, perhaps you're a halfling, perhaps with the draconic mask, you kind of make yourself even maybe look koboldish, uh, with the, uh, the draconic features of the mask mm. kind of covering yourself. So you're able to, uh, you're, uh, you're, you're able to kind of hide your gnome vibes and at least keep kind of to the background so you don't draw any animosity or ire. So, um, Kari and Glaz are kind of like eating their, you know, their, their fair stew. <laughs> and uh, it's it's good. It's tasty. It's you're you're very pleased with your purchase. Kane, scanning the crowd, sort of sitting around the uh, the cafe, you spot one table that is not only only occupied by one person. There's also just a little bit of an area around it where it looks like maybe the tables have been scooted just a little bit away, and you see a fellow wearing a um, just kind of. Uh, really beautiful finery. Uh, imagine like sort of um, a well-to-do merchant, right? So he has this uh, this sort of purple velvet robe with this uh, soft fur trim lining it. He has uh, a gold chain around his neck with a, a little glittering gemstone medallion and his pale, almost ashen gray fingers that are knobby and shriveled with little claw nails on the end are decorated with rings that glitter gold and silver with uh, various glints of light from the, the gemstone set in them. And he's leaning back and he is uh, holding basically, uh, imagine like a cigarette stem 
with a, a little rolled uh, rolled bit of paper and something lazily burning in the end of it. And he's just sort of staring up toward the ceiling and he takes a slow drag off of it and blows a smoke ring that, uh, that uh, lazily drifts up over the cafe. And uh, that's a familiar face. That's him. Okay. I'm going to go. Is he sat at a table with people or is he on his own? He is alone. No, he's at his own table. Uh, I will walk over and I will pull up a chair, not offering like or explaining to anyone like what the what what is acceptable, what the code of conduct is or anything like that. I will just pull up a chair, sort of lean easily uh, and comfortably and fix him with a smile of plenty of teeth. But sort of like, uh, you know, it's been a while. I haven't seen him. A friendly it's a friendly-ish smile so so you think this is somebody that you kind of dealt with before that you you you'd... i imagine like not extensively but i feel like we probably uh i probably used his contacts it's not him you really deal with is it so he, okay. he's just right. he's the middleman so you sit down and flash him a smile and he kind of straightens up a little bit and, and leans a little bit forward in kind of an intrigued air about him. And he, he smiles, but he doesn't like peel his lips back from his ghoul teeth like, uh, like you've, they're sort of known for doing. Yeah. And he looks at you and he seems to be about to say something, but then he points the cigarette stem at you. His eyes kind of narrow and he says, You... You seem familiar to me, but I cannot place this. Who are you, friend? You're getting old. (laughs) It happens to the best of us. But please, I fear we have met some time in the past. I I apologize for not remembering your name. It's Cain. There's a, like a faint glimmer of recognition. He goes, ah, this is a name that I know. It has been a long time. I heard you were dead, and I am pleased to see this is not the case. As I'm sure you no doubt know, I am Radu Underhill. He nods uh, and says, not dead, just buried under a mountain. He uh, takes your meaning immediately and goes, Ah, yes, of course. Well, welcome back to the air of freedom. I have come across something interesting. Something that me. Excellent. And he kind of leans forward, interested. Yeah, like, I guess to be honest, like if we if we were going ahead with this, I imagine like I probably ended up with the taste as opposed to the full sort of load of it. If I'm going to be the one sort of talking, and oh. I'll show him sort of like this a sample. Okay, so he uh, he holds out. He kind of he holds out his hand, and they kind of, his fingers like unroll as he yeah. uh, reaches out toward the uh, toward the sample, too long, very and he takes bony. it. Yeah, 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 and like talons, and you can see that his his fingernail claws are very meticulously cleaned and polished. So unlike most ghouls that might have shreds of old flesh and dried blood, he is immaculate. Uh, and he, he takes the sample and he looks at it and he immediately, he lets out this low whistle that doesn't seem possible with his sort of dry, shriveled lips, but he manages it somehow. 
Do you know what this is, friend? He kind of looks at you and his eyes widen for a second. <clears throat> he gives him a curious look and says, I know who to come to to find out. He uh, sort of inclines his head at the compliment and the respect, and he says this, and he hands it back to you. This is called Requiem. But I know the name, you've, like... What you have heard of Requiem? You know that it is a very rare drug out of the Seven Cities, and you know that it's got a very dark reputation. It's highly addictive, very valuable, but supposedly also has some near mystical properties. He says this is not only Requiem, this is a refined Requiem, much more powerful than the Requiem clay that you might find. Oh, the, the street people and the would-be oracles and Kamestraboli smoking in the Requiem dens, destroying their lives and their souls. This is very potent, very valuable, and very rare. Carter, I, I give you him... Were to, if you were to smoke this, friend, you could call up the soul of one known to you who is departed and ask, demand its secrets, its knowledge. But have mm. care, friend Kane, for the Requiem may take hold of you, and it does not let go lightly. Before anyone can respond, <laughs> Kane is going to chime in. How much would you need? Because I've like, given him you're like asking, a you're asking, oh. Yeah, I've given him like a tiny He, he looks at that and he says, I am certain you have more. Perhaps a teaspoon's worth. And when he says that, he said, that's probably about as much as you have. So it yeah. sounds like you have one dose of refined Requiem. Yeah. Kane like shakes his head when he says, have more. And, and says, uh, it's not mine. Someone I was on the trail of. I found this at their place. Wanted to know what they were tangled up with. He, um, why don't you make me a deception check? Yeah. I don't have more of this. At all. No. Not even a little bit. Sure. How you do? Uh, nice. that's an 18. 18, nice. Okay, so he, uh, he just kind of nods and seems to accept you at your word. And he says, well, if you can conclude your hunt and find more, a dose of this would be worth perhaps 2,500 crowns. <laughs> <laughs> Kari glares at all of you like, don't even fucking think about it. I got in the wrong business. <laughs> he says, if you find more and are interested to sell rather than use, I can point you to someone. You will not, I think, acquire full value for it, for he is a dealer. And he sort of gestures towards one of the stalls uh, on the other side of the hall. But he will 
purchase it with no questions and no risk. Kane nods. Uh, is he like? So basically, he's telling you if you want to sell it to this guy, he'll give you essentially a wholesaler's rate for it. Uh, he's not going to give you retail street value for yeah, it. Yeah, no, of course, of course. Uh, is he um, is he eating or drinking anything? Uh, his table is conspicuously empty. Okay, in which case, I'll leave him like. Are there? Can I get a value of like a drink and buy him a drink in exchange? Oh sure, say, thank you. And uh, oh sure, you can. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, and, uh, he inclines his head uh, gratefully when you do so. And, uh, I, yeah, just as I stand, uh, give him a slight half bow and say, If I find it, you'll know. And uh, he, he smiles at this point, and you do see just a faint hint of his interlocked needle-like teeth. And he says, Then I wish you good hunting. I hope and, to see you again soon, friend Kay. I give him a, a nod in thanks and I'm going to turn and like herd the group away from this man <laughs> now. <laughs> Guys, you're making me look uncool. Um, as this conversation was Glad going on, slurps his soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like eating the mushroom bowl at this point. Yeah, with... Yep. Uh, can Cloak uh, perceive... Uh, to see if anyone's watching Kane and this weird guy's conversation. Uh, sure, go ahead. Make a make me a wisdom perception check. Yeah, I just want I just want to because of uh, the paranoia that Cloak has. Sure. Oh yeah. Let's see. Eleven. Uh, requiem, man. Um. So I would say it looks like they catch some attention every now and then. Probably it seems like Radu is a known quantity to regulars of the uh, of the black market. So it's sort of like, oh, who's Radu talking to? And mm-hmm. then there's a mixture of, hmm, don't know that guy, or oh shit. And then they turn and go. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Um. So it doesn't look like anyone's eavesdropping or or you know that sort of thing. People notice because they're not exactly, mm-hmm. you know, in private, but. People just kind of either move on their way or conspicuously move on their way because they don't want attention from that table. Okay. Okay. In which case, right. yeah, I guess uh, now we know what now we know what the hell we're packing. Two okay, and a half so, grand's uh, worth of good shit. <laughs> yeah, of of high quality, uncut, grade A drug. Struggle. Uh, I called it. Sorry, sorry, guys. That was given to me by my emissary. I'm a user. No, 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 That one, that one did not come uh, from the the messenger. It came from the dude in the robe in the halls of the Everforge that was working with for the dragon. Yep. All right, you guys can have everything else. Give me that so I can find out what happened to my emissary. <laughs> my All right. So uh, you guys have a description of Vandessian trick, and so you're going to cut pounds. What's the plan? Is the plan to like fan out and keep an eye on him, or just kind of drift around as a whole looking for him? I feel mm. like fanning out would be a bad idea down here because that would mean it, it. We can't fan out because we can't leave Glass or Cloak alone. Okay, we could use bait. We could use Glass as bait. He's I'm a big piece of bait. He is what a big fucking target. Like, all right. Uh, so you guys make your sort of rounds uh, all the way throughout uh, the, the black market. And again, you see all kinds of stuff down here. You see objects of art, treasure, 
um, strange coins. Uh, Glaz, you see something that absolutely looks like it might be of Ankashelian origin. Uh, there's a small creature you managed to no. figure out. It looks sort of uh, like a goblin, but it's wearing almost what looks like, imagine, desert robes, and it's sort of wrapped in bandages, and it's kind of like hunchbacked, and it pulls this cloth back on this strange artifact and is haggling with a, uh, a sort of a shady-looking uh, tiefling. Um, as you guys are making the rounds, and they'll have to kind of drag you away from that scene, uh, <laughs> you, uh, you guys eventually come to a series of tables that are near the slave market. And you see a sort of uh, corpulent human fellow with uh, dusky, dark brown skin, uh, short cropped hair, and uh, and a very like neatly trimmed mustache and goatee. And uh, and he has some people kind of clustered around him, and there are drinks on his table, and he's kind of keeping half an eye on the the people that are being brought up onto the slave market. And there have been auctions happening with uh, barkers calling out people bidding and slaves just bedraggled miserable looking people being taken in chains and carted off to various people in various places and uh, and you can kind of hear his his boisterous voice as you get closer yes 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 no no that that, that, that is uh that that's wonderful but uh, I, I think i'm not interested at this time of course but uh, if you come back next week i'm sure i might have something for you trick Thrick is the name, my dear. Vandessian Thrick, two Ks. Thank you. Yes, have a lovely evening. And he sort of claps this uh, this kind of rough mercenary-looking woman's hand and sends her on her way and goes back into his tankard. I, I look at Kane like this is the hunt. Okay. I'd, try, like, <laughs> I'd like to retcon something I said earlier um, when mm -hmm. I said don't kill him. After hearing Dan's voice of it, we kill him. We kill him with our prejudice. I, I looked at Kane and I was like, so since you guys were related, do you spell Kane with two Ks? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so as you guys are kind of uh, eyeballing the situation, seeing what's going on, you hear a, a sudden, um, almost like a gong note sound out through the uh through the oh. tunnels and that quiets oh. people down and oh. uh the the figure in armor with the black robe over it, the the Derekul who is up on the up on the stage lifts up a hand and says friends and others and a laugh kind of ripples throughout the black market i'm sure that some of you have been waiting for this, the main event of this evening, and I, your humble servant, Dobrakar, will not keep you waiting any longer. Bring them forth. And there's a, like a titter of excitement runs through the crowd that's gathered around the slave market. And one of the portcullises on the far end on the western wall that was closed begins to ratchet open. Guarding this gate, you can see more of those Darakul legionnaires. And there are figures in the, the darkened tunnel beyond. And you can see um, ghoul soldiers uh, holding chains that are linked to these two figures that are standing in the shadows as the portcullis begins to raise. And, and your eyes widen at the silhouettes that you can see in that, in that shadowed tunnel. They are massive, maybe 
six, seven feet tall if they stood upright but hunched forward a little bit. Their shoulders have shoulders, if you know what I'm talking about. They're incredibly broad. Just their their muscles, you can see them strain and tighten against these uh, these shackles and manacles that are around their wrists. And they have a long, pale-like ash gray hair that's lank and greasy and hanging in front of their faces and they begin to be dragged in and forced to march forward into the room there are several of these figures perhaps half a dozen of them maybe a few more and they're surrounded by uh ghoul soldiers that are prodding them forward with spears and these figures with this pale milky white skin with muscles just rippling beneath their waxy hide uh come into the light and you can see these figures. You've never seen anything quite like them. Their eyes from underneath their lank hair are kind of set back into their skulls under heavy brow ridges with this pink, iris, uh, pink sclera and red, deep red irises. Their jaws are heavy and jut forward with yellow tusks sticking up uh, from behind their thick waxy lips. And, uh, and the, the group of them are being dragged toward the slave market and Thrick kind of pounds the table and he says this this is the main event my friends this is what we're here for look at them look at them I never thought to see any of the ghost folk in the flesh and these things are being dragged forward these thick heavily muscled brutish savage looking humanoids with long hair these massive jaws and tusks and uh, there's several smaller ones behind this one in the middle, and they're just being dragged forward, and they growl with snarls as they're jabbed by the Darakul. And you can see that they're uh, bleeding from many shallow wounds, and they're all just sort of keeping their hands and their shackles and chains close to their bellies and just sort of shuffling forward uh, with this sullen hatred burning in their deep-set eyes. And I think that is where we're going to stop for this evening and pick up the slave auction as you uh, decide how to approach your quarry next week, folks. Damn. Oh, <laughs> we, we got some fucking drugs I on us. I think I know who those might be. Yeah, I also think I might know. <laughs> well, they're called the Ghost Ooh. Folk, and there is mention of them in the Midgard World Book if you want to look it up. Yep, there mm -hmm. is. Yep. Ah. <laughs> it'll be fine it'll be fine just fun? like it always We're taking is taking a few more notes yes yes holy moly All right, well, my man, friends. Guys, I am super excited that we got back into it uh, two weeks off you know life happens yeah. what can you do I'm really glad to be back at it yes drugs apparently a lot of drugs yeah definitely uh, if you guys in the chat enjoyed it, let us know. Stick around. We've got the uh, tabletop loot, two dice to give away, two sets of dice, not just two actual dice, uh, to give away. And <laughs> definitely check out Cobalt Press uh, for your own Midgard materials and games at coboldpress.com. Thank you for those guys for supporting and sponsoring the show. But let's go round real quick. Uh, oh, in fact, while we do the going rounds, I'll open the uh, the giveaways. So all you have to do Ooh. is put exclamation point loot into the chats and uh you'll be in for a ch chance to win uh dan great job tonight how was that my friend thank you 
Uh, I had a great time. Like I said, I'm, I'm super excited to be back into it. I've been missing it. I've been jonesing for it. I've been missing you guys in particular and all you lovely viewers mm -hmm. out there. I'm so glad that we have so many uh, new friends joining us with uh, through the hosting and all, all that going on tonight. I'm really glad to have all you guys here. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I had a blast. Uh, I loved getting into Winter's Kiss and delving into some of the NPCs and setting of the black market and setting a few more things in motion. I'm looking forward to what's coming up. Absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, Tia, great job tonight. Great to have the whole team back, including uh, our good friend Carrie. Yay! What was that like? <laughs> uh, I'm beyond pumped uh, getting a little bit more into the lore of the Shadow Fae, as that has been a huge draw to Midgard for me previously. I've been a Dark Elf lover, um, but when I first came across Midgard and the way that the Shadow Fae kind of works. It really has that hierarchy that I am just an absolute sucker for in medieval society, fantasy medieval society. And so getting that mission was really, really exciting. I also have missed the fuck out of this group and I have been jonesing for D&D so hard and I like it. Fuck Requiem, like D&D is a much better drug. Can be Dungeons and Dragons and drugs and dollars. Like that's what it is, D&D. Uh, but I had a great time and I can't wait for next week already. Absolutely. Fantastic stuff. And uh, Tall School, how about yourself? Oh, I have so much fun playing Glass. He is just a blast. And thanks, everyone, for letting me uh, be a little bit crazy with him and sort of oh, we spoil, love it. Spoil, the, spoil the best laid plans of the party. But uh, <laughs> he is such a blast to play. And I, uh, it's, it's just it's a great time. I love this group. I love uh, Midgard. I've got my creature codex right here. Fresh in the mail. Haven't even cracked it open yet. So I've Hot got off that the press. Hot off the presses, quite literally. Uh, you can find me at Tall Squall all over social media for the other stuff that I do. And uh, let people know. Uh, go out and check out Midgard stuff and Cobalt Butt Press stuff. They are, everything they make is amazing. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks so much, Tall Squall. And McLogan. Hello, I'm McLogan. Today I played a tiny person who was really shitty to everyone uh, because that's what he does. Um, yeah, I, I had a blast tonight. Uh, I was super happy to get everyone back together. The gang's back together, everyone. And uh, we are in the black market. And uh, once again, I love everyone's different dynamics when they go to the black market. Like Cloakish is kind of like, I don't want to talk to anyone. Glasses, I want to talk to everyone. And Kari, Kari has become the the mother of the group, protecting Blaz from the evil black market. Um, from uh, but um, but the, I, it, it's been fantastic, uh, and I loved it. I loved every second of it, and I can't. I don't know what ghost folk are, but I'm, I'm looking at the world book right now, and they didn't have a picture. I just kind of read up on them a little bit, and uh, learning about the white goddess, um, and that they're basically inbred with deep works so let's see what happens with that Ooh. um yeah dude it, it's crazy from what i read in the split second that i did um but uh yeah you guys can find me uh over at uh mixer.com slash story quest uh tomorrow evening uh we have our drinking episode of chosen uh it's episode 10 of season two and it's gonna be pro wrestling themed so i can't wait for that one um nice. so uh, I have drinking rules set up and everything, so it's going to be an insane time. That sounds hype, um, actually. 
Yeah, it, it's gonna be. I I love pro wrestling, so I'm gonna. I have some crazy characters out there. I'm gonna throw at them. Um, but um, other than that, yeah. Uh, the only other thing I want to shout out is uh, Thursday's here. I'm not gonna be on it, but uh, Metamancer. She's been working on a City of Mist campaign called The King's Hustle. Uh, I firsthand got to see that. Uh, you guys were from Mad More Straight earlier. Uh, please come here, join uh, that show. Uh, I, I'm super excited because I'll be watching in the background. I love City of Mist. It's a fantastic setting. Uh, and uh, watching what she's been putting into it, it's going to be a fantastic time. So, yeah, get here. That's going to be hype. It's going to be hype. Awesome. Great stuff. Fantastic. Oh, good morning. Josh. <laughs> Reeling from shock with that. Uh, yeah, no, I, it's been an absolute blast tonight, um, and it's a lot of fun to get to explore Zobek and its CD underbelly. That's the one thing. Like when I was reading up about different places you can come from, Zobek is that kind of drifter's paradise where everyone—it's a real cultural melting pot. It's for me, I think it's one of the best things uh, about Midgard is having that place where you can shoot off in pretty much any direction. It's the crossroads, after all. Uh, and getting to see the underside of that. And, yeah, it was nice to be able to drag Reardon out of sort of like, oh, yeah, no, I've been beating up people, and, uh, yeah, me and the fuck house and everything, and just being like, let me introduce you to my world. Like, fucking come with me. I'll show you a real no. wild time. So, yeah. Uh, and seeing Glaz, uh, I just kept thinking, like, Glaz running through Camden Market in London, just buying absolutely <laughs> everything that was pushed to him. Um, and uh, fuck you, McLogan. Fuck you. Just fuck you. Uh, but it's no, like I, we're brothers. It's like we're brothers. Um, like twin brothers. Yeah, so, twin brothers, indeed. Going for, for X. Uh, yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm super excited to uh, find out where things go. And um, I, yeah, I've changed my mind. I definitely want to kill this dickhead. He is a prick. <laughs> I was right. Called it Good. 100%. Awesome. Well, we'll see if we can make that happen next week, uh, I guess. Uh, let's go pick the winners for this uh, giveaway. Oh, and uh, my only little plug, I guess, is that tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, we're doing our sort of uh, debrief for Dorsa Darkness, our like, year-long Call of Cthulhu campaign, and we're going to be talking oh, about yeah. our new campaign, which is the Masks of Nihilafotep as well, which starts uh, next week on Wednesdays. Uh, so definitely join us for that. And then we've got our Warhammer Season 2 Session 0 at 4 p.m. Eastern with Jim Davis back in DMC. So join yeah, us for that and get a little cool. insight into uh, what we're doing. So that'd be great. Uh, let's pick these winners. Uh, first winner is Babo Fraser. Congratulations, my friend. And the second winner is Goran Wolf. Congratulations. Hey, hey, congratulations, you guys. Yes! I'll get contact with you guys over yeah. uh, Whisper tonight. And at the end of the week, I will, uh, Tabletop Loot will be uh, sending you guys those dice. Uh, as a reminder, every single show this week, not this week, this whole season on Encounter Roleplay, there's over 200 sets of dice to be won uh, this season. So uh, join in every game and be here at least at 200? the end. Uh, and you can, uh, yeah, drop some dice, my friend. Uh, but that's all we've got time for tonight. We're going to go host and raid Sid because she's streaming some World of Warcraft. Uh, I'll probably no, jump on and play. Everyone else should come jump on and play with us as well. It'd be fun. Uh, and until next time. I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That sucks. 
Well, one, one quick one quick note before your outro. Sorry, uh, we had a bunch of new people join in tonight, and I know that uh, you know ERP has this great donation bits thing where you guys can actually in, interact and influence uh, how things happen right, in the right. game. Uh, a couple, we had a couple of those tonight. Um, please rest assured, whenever those happen, I write them down. If I can't work them in that session, they're gonna get worked in. I just like to do it a little bit more, less poof, a magic item falls out of the sky, and more work it into right, something right. that you guys actually find. So yeah, yeah, a little more organically, a little more integrated with the story. So if you guys do donate, uh, thank you so much for for helping out in counter roleplay. Please rest assured, I will not forget. Uh, your your bits will go to good use, and your stuff will happen. I've got notes; they go nowhere. It's gonna happen. Trust me. Awesome. No, we awesome. only do things funny and the fame on encounter roleplay. Yeah. 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 La, 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 la. Uh, <laughs> amazing. Well, we'll uh, see you guys next time. Enjoy the hosting raids uh, and try not to roll too many net ones. We ought to be laughing when you do. Good night, everybody. Bye. Say head safe for me. Bye bye. Bye bye.